I would have sat there and said, please, how can I help you check my stuff to know that we're not poaching? But no, they came at us like we were criminals and they treated us like criminals. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. It's weird that we feel like we can't talk during this time because we're gonna like start, but, but here I don't it goes. Want oh. Well, we don't want to jinx anything either. No, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Holy shit, everyone! It. Do you see us right now? We are on live after an hour of hell. So thank you guys so much for joining us. This is from the ground up. <sighs> from Number the something up. <laughs> from the restarting computer without updates up. Just all terrible. What do we need to talk about? Uh, PoorCityPythons.com. We have some snakes available. Um, honestly, a lot more snakes that are unlisted rather than listed just because it's a crazy time of year. And we have a lot of colubrids and a lot of babies and a lot of people hitting us up and whatnot. But um, if you're interested in something or you see something that we're working with, feel free to reach out, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you may know us or talk to us. And, and if you're uh, an IT person, really reach out to us <laughs> if you work in IT. get our shit together. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> well, if any future shit happens, uh, we can have someone to call. Yeah, we need to like, I don't know if we need to get off of Hangouts or we just figured out Hangouts, I feel like. But no, no, sorry. We're dwelling. Um, what is What are the other things that we say before the podcast? There's links that you can follow in the description of the podcast that you go and shop on Amazon regularly and we get a little kickback of that and that supports the podcast. And um, that is really it on our end. Do you have anything else? Mm-mm. Other than people in the chat saying it dropped. Oh, it said it's back. Okay. Well, hopefully it's working. But um, let's see. Yeah, there it's loading. It's not. Oh uh, no! I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're good. All right. Well, now I'm gonna have to edit the podcast now that we did all that. But today's guest is Dave Kaufman. You guys know him from the Herpers trilogy, as well as Dave Kaufman's Reptile Adventure on YouTube. So, Dave, first of all, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. And for waiting our uh, technical difficulties. And um, so if you could just just give us a little overview of what you're currently doing, whether it's YouTube channel and snakes, just a little overview. Uh, In the reptile world, it's all about YouTube and it's all about my snake breeding facility. Uh, Outside the reptile world, I'm still producing TV shows and uh, I've got a project that's going on three years now. It was supposed to last uh, for 12 months. I want that project finished, but talk about technical difficulties. It's not technical difficulties that we're having with it. It's I haven't approved it yet because it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And there's an old saying that art is never finished. It's simply abandoned. I I just can't simply abandon this thing. It has to be perfect. So anyway, we keep going back and re-editing and and then the music needs to then be recalibrated to the edits. And it's, it's a, it's a lot of work. Plus 
you know, doing two YouTube channels and uploading three times a week and then figuring out my travel schedule because I now have to travel every month because I'm uploading twice a week on uh, Reptile Adventures. So I need content. I need a lot of content. And so for me to get that content, I need to travel. And I don't have a crew. I'm a one-man band. So every time that I travel to New Caledonia or to Australia or to Peru or to wherever, 100% of that planning is on me. And I need to know, you know, exactly what I'm doing almost every single minute of that trip. And the more you know and the more you plan for these trips, the more money that you can save. Uh, You guys just disappeared on me. No. Yeah, we just pressed that. Sorry. (laughs) We're messing around. Freaky. All right. So anyway, (laughs) with all these technical things that we're having, I'm like, "Eh, did I just like lose you guys again? No. But anyway, so as I was saying, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's so much work. I mean, I, I get up at six in the morning and I usually go to bed around one or two in the morning almost every single day because I'm just working on everything. And then I compartmentalize my day so that, you know, in the morning I have my coffee and I go and I answer, you know, all the comments of people that have left comments on the YouTube channels. And once that's done, then I'll do something else, you know, that I have to do. And then on feeding day, when I have to go feed a hundred pythons, I'm a one man band there as well. So yeah, it's just, craziness but one of these days i'm going to be too old to do all of this and i never want to look back and say well if only i did this at three in the morning you know i never want to be like my whole life is geared towards never wanting to be that old man that is sitting in some rocking chair full of regret of the things that i didn't do when i was capable of doing them so go 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 absolutely i think that's a big thing that people don't pick up on until it's too late and I want to get so deep into all that stuff, but I'm going to kind of draw back from asking questions about all that stuff because we need to kind of start from the beginning. So, so back to childhood. Yeah. So, <laughs> so backtrack a little bit. So when did you get into reptiles and when did you get into film and when did those merge together? All right. So they're, they're, they're two, they're, they're, it's, it's really awesome because film and reptiles dominate my life. And very few people get to have those kind of intersect with each other. Um, So with reptiles, I caught a garter snake when I was nine years old in my parents' front yard. And now uh, that whole area, because we we moved in when it was still all rural, and now it's just Walmarts and Starbucks and apartment complexes. And I mean, all of that habitat is just gone. Um, But anyway, so the point is that I caught a garter snake when I was nine years old. And then shortly after that, we took a family trip to uh, Florida and we went to Bush Gardens and I was introduced to corn snakes and Burmese pythons and, you know, snakes that I had only seen in books before. And I, I was hooked. I was hooked since I was nine. And then, you know, you get into high school and, hey, look, there's that, you know, that girl that, you know, you went to school all the time with. But before that, she was wearing baggy clothes and now she's in a miniskirt. I, I, snakes are now taking a backseat to whatever this is. And so, you know, I, I discovered girls, I discovered music, um, I discovered film. And so reptiles kind of took, you know, a really backseat to, to, to reptiles. Um, and I think the way that I got into film was, you know, when I was however old I was and I saw Star Wars. And I remember saying to my parents, I'm going to be a filmmaker. And they said, absolutely, no, you're not. <laughs> and so I think as soon as my parents said that to me, that was my green light to go ahead and become a filmmaker. Of but um, 
anyway, you know, I, I did several commercial films that did very, very well that went out on all over the world through Lionsgate, um, did a couple of TV shows, lived in L.A. for two years, uh, went to UCLA Film School, um, you know, and kind of lived the whole independent film life. And um, I don't know, like when when did I, I don't even remember when this happened. All the years are kind of melting together. But um, when Blockbuster went out. Um, everybody in the independent film world freaked out and rightfully so because with Blockbuster dying, so did our career. So did the entire, almost the entire independent film world. Wow. It died. And there's a reason why that happened. I, I can go into specifics if you want, but go for it. <clears throat> All right. So what happens is, is that when you make a movie, you sell that movie to a distributor, that distributor gives you X number of dollars as an MG, which is called minimum guarantee. And that's the money that they pay for the movie. So they give you that money. Uh, and they do that because they know that they can go to the blockbuster system and sell 100,000 DVDs in one sale and recoup that money. So no matter so how trick, bad or good the movie is, doesn't matter. Will buy it. doesn't matter. Nope, not at all. And so what happens is, is that, uh, you know, one of the films that we made was we, we made it for 100 grand. Um, and so I sold it to uh, a company called Maverick Entertainment, and then I sold it again to uh, Lionsgate, <clears throat> which handled uh, global distribution. I got all that money back, and I put all that money back in my investors' pockets. Um, and, the, and anyway, so the, to get not too far away from the point, um, the only reason why they could do that was because of the Blockbuster system, is because they could sell those DVDs directly to Blockbuster. And so when Blockbuster closed their doors, those distributors stopped giving that upfront money. Um, and therefore, I personally couldn't go to, in a, you know, even my investor that was funding all my movies, I couldn't go back to them and say, hey, let's put in a million dollars this time because this time I know that I can sell this movie. I, I couldn't do that because I knew that any money coming in, I was going to lose because it would have to go right to the red box. It would have to go right to Netflix. And Netflix doesn't pay anything for you know, for distribution. Redbox doesn't pay you anything for distribution. So anyway, the point is, is that I wanted to go into more, you know, get out of the independent film world and be even more independent, meaning that I knew that I had to distribute my own films if I wanted to continue making them. So that's when I made Herpers. And I knew that if I made a video or if I made a movie that appealed to Herpers, but yet told non-herpers what we're all about i knew that that would be a probably a pretty good sell and i, I thankfully was right so i basically self-distributed uh herpers and uh in a, you know of course herpers 2 and then herpers 3 so is that kind of how you got your introduction back into the industry or were you already kind of tiptoeing into it uh say that again was that how you kind of got into the industry, back into it from, say, when you caught garter snakes when you were a little kid? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, I am not exactly sure when that happened because, you know, after high school, um, I caught a bull snake on a camping trip and that, you know, relaunched me into a love of reptiles. Um, and I remember back in the 90s, I got a pair of imported uh, ball pythons in and I called everybody that I know and asked them, how do you breed ball pythons? And everybody said, well, why do you want to breed a ball python? They're a junk snake. Nobody, nobody's going to buy a ball python. And now those people that I asked back in the 90s are some of the biggest ball python breeders out there. Right now. <laughs> of so course. It's, yeah, it's pretty funny how you know, like before the craze, what 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 life was like. Um, but I think that there just got to be a point to where, you know, 
before the ball python craze, nobody was really making a living breeding snakes. It was a hobby. And so I basically then went back into the film world to earn a living and then keep the snakes as a hobby. And as I did that, I did that right as the craze was happening. You know, I sold all my snakes and I moved to L.A. just as the craze, the ball python craze was happening. So I missed all of it. I missed all of it to go to L.A. And then when I came back from L.A., you know, I was in the film industry and I maybe had a corn snake or I had a king snake or whatever. Um, I just couldn't work and, and, and keep all the snakes that I that I wanted to keep. And then I finally got back into it and I went to Tinley maybe 10, 11, 12 years ago now. And um, that's when I was filming Herpers, actually. Uh, so it was probably 10 years ago now. And I saw all these ball pythons that I've never seen before. And so I started talking to people about it. And I even 10 years ago, I was kind of too late to get into it to make any kind of serious money. And there's still money to be made in the ball python world, but you just have to do it differently than you did 10 years ago. So, yeah, it was kind of a weird trade off. I mean, the timing just was suckful on that because I was in reptiles and breeding ball pythons long before the craze. But then I got out of it just as the craze was happening and, you know, kind of lost out. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but there was that infrastructure for you to make a film on as far as you had the Mark Mandix exactly right. or the Brian Barchaks or all these people that built exactly up during right. that time. Right, right, so. right, right, right. And now so. you weren't – what was – how did you get the confidence to do it? Because, I mean, a lot of people say there's no money in, like, documentary-type filmmaking. Not, yeah. No, as it's, well as um, it's about snakes, snakes also. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. fuck, he is a yeah. – <laughs> How do you uh, I, make that a good, worthwhile investment of your time? Oh, that's a good question. I am so not driven by money. I, I, I just, you know, I need money to eat. I need money to pay rent. I need money to produce videos. You need money. But I live such a minimalist lifestyle. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not an extravagant spender. I don't, you know, I, I don't buy things that I don't need, that sort of thing. So when I went into, you know, into these films, I didn't go into them thinking, wow, I'm going to get rich off of this. I went into them thinking, I want to make the best film that I possibly can. And if the money follows, great. If not, as long as my investors get their money back and they continue to invest in another film and, you know, keep my career going, great. That's what I was after. I wasn't after the money. I was after making something that I was proud of and making something that, you know, in 30 years I can watch and say, wow, Dave, good job. <laughs> I mean, so, if anything, you have a timestamp of your that's a cool thing i guess about filmmaking is that yeah. you have a time stamp of your whole career or things that you were doing at that time and you right. as well right right but you know what's funny about me is i once i finish a project i will never go back and watch it again not even my videos on youtube wow yeah, yeah. i will I never i yeah I, I think that you know my my horror film 13 hours in a warehouse uh i think i've watched that once since i felt since i finished it once Lionsgate had it and it was out on DVD, I, I I think I've watched it once since then. Don't you have to go to like openings or show oh, it course. to you? Of course. Yeah, yeah. And and you that's just why go I sit out of in the room. The, oh, that's why I sit in the back so nobody can see me leave during my own movie. <laughs> 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 so what drove you from Herpers One? What gave you the idea to be like, hey, let's make multiple of these things. Was it success or was it support from the community or, you know, what a, made a lot, you crazy enough basically to make? Yeah, both of those actually. The the support from the community was enormous. Um, I just had so much fun 
traveling around, going to Reptile Expo after Reptile Expo, meeting new people, um, and, and and basically selling the DVDs and moving on to the next one, and you know doing a what's called a film tour. And I had so much fun doing it that I wanted to keep it going. And plus, you know, when you sit down and you know create the the script or you know in a, in a documentary, it's it's called a treatment. Um, you have so many ideas that can't possibly fit into one movie. So after I finished Herpers, I had all these ideas and I was like, all right, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I, I, we were watching to see what was going to happen with the Netflix thing. We were watching to see what was going to happen with the blockbuster thing. And so I really wanted to take some of those ideas and make another movie. You know, the, the Herpers movies aren't cheap to make. Um, and thankfully I had a really good investor who, who really doesn't like snakes. Um, so that was weird. It was, it was actually, you know, uh, uh, one and two was actually funded by uh, one of the investors in 13 hours. Um, and then, um, uh, part three was actually crowdfunded. So I, I did something a little bit different with that. Um, but, uh, and then the reason why I had that one crowdfunded was I was working on yet another movie with this investor with Louis Anderson and Kevin Nealon. Um, and, um, I got to get that one out too. That's, that's, I got to find some time in my busy schedule to finish that movie, but I will. But, um, anyway, so that's kind of that. I forgot your question. <laughs> don't worry. I don't remember anything. <laughs> so. I mean, for uh, I'm trying not to go too deep in the rabbit hole with the filmmaking because obviously it's a reptile podcast, but I do kind of want to ask selfishly. how you very selfishly how yeah. you approach investors or anyone with an idea for your film, especially something <laughs> like Herpers. That is so hard. It is the hardest part to do. And you don't live in L.A. At least you don't. Right I, now. I, I, I don't live in L.A. I loved L.A. I lived in Venice Beach, but um I'm a Minnesota boy. I love my lakes. I love my trees. I love my moose. Um, and I was homesick from the time that I moved there till the time I actually came back here to Minnesota. Um, but um, it, it's it, fundraising is the most difficult process there is. Um, you know, you, you can only do so much without an exorbitant amount of money to do these films. Um, and it's, it's paying dues. I mean, it, it took me it took me the better part of 10 years to fund one movie and it's just a matter of getting out there and networking and talking to people and sharing your idea. Am I boring her? Yeah. No, a fly, <laughs> a fly just fell into her wine and died. So that's oh, actually, no. what it's a better story. <laughs> um, no, but it, it is the hardest part. It's just about, it's all about networking and, um, you know, you, you, you set up meetings with investors and if they don't, you know, write you a check, uh, it's called, you know, what do they call that pay or squeal or something like that, where if they don't give you a check, they have to give up five of their friends who they think might uh, be interested. In. And so it's it's tons of phone calls and it is ninety nine point nine percent rejection. And I think that it's at that point that people give up because the rejection, it's debilitating. But it's the it's the successful people that get through that and, you know, say, OK, I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in my projects and battle on. And or is it battle that, on. 
There you go. Is it that le- that first success though, or that first film that you made? Was that the hardest one to get? And then after that, it kind of you'd think so, but it wasn't. Fruit. It wasn't, and um, I always had to beg for my dinner, uh, even with the same investor. I had to I had to do the you know the dog and pony show. And even after they got all their money back from, you know, 13 hours, even after they got all their money back from Herpers and I went to them with Herpers too, I still had to do the, 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 the dog and pony show with them. Um, and now that that investor, she made some very bad investments and she's unable to invest in anything more of mine. Um, and she even sat me down one day and she said, it doesn't make sense that the independent filmmaker is the only one of my investments paying me a dividend. Um, so yeah, yeah that's the one you expect she, to lose. I think. Uh, yeah. She, she, she lost a lot of money at uh, a lot of don't buy a bar. And if you're going to buy a bar, don't buy four of them. Wow. So yeah. yeah. If you're going to yeah, do they, it, they, do it well. They, they turned into four big four money pits right. and then she bought two racehorses and yeah baller anyway anyway, it is what it is um (laughs) but uh yeah so so they're unable to 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 fund another film of mine but and that's you know really why i kind of went into youtube because with youtube you know i can control everything i don't need you know tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to do youtube I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the solitude of sitting here in my studio and editing. Um, I enjoy getting out into the wild and actually finding these animals. There's nothing fake in my YouTube, you know, videos. Thankfully, you know, we haven't, I haven't started a video where we go out and try to find something and haven't found it. There's been some close calls like the, you know, the Eastern Diamondback Rattlesnake video, but they're all real. I mean, they're all real. I don't have to, I don't feel the need to kind of, you know, do all these kind of tricks and whatever, just to get views. The, the, the size of my channel right now, I think it's pretty comfortable for where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So now I guess shifting to YouTube, um, once again, this is going to be so fucking selfish because I feel like we're, you know, in the same game. And while I have you here and other people are probably interested I'm just waiting for us to talk about snakes so I can ask the question. I'm like, (laughs) I don't have any YouTube or movie questions. All right, we've all been talking about film for 17 minutes. So let's talk about (laughs) film for another two and a half hours. And then... (laughs) But on YouTube, do you find... Because there's obviously a much different... You've been doing the same project for three years in a more professional... Yeah project but on youtube you're expected to create a new video every week if not multiple times a week. i upload twice a week on the reptile adventures so yeah so how do you manage your perfectionism your creativity all that stuff because sometimes meaning like this week for me i don't want anything to do with oh yeah YouTube. oh yeah <laughs> I, I you know I have days like that every single day and there's videos that I cut together and I'll watch and I'll be like, I'm not, I'm not happy with this video. That's the worst. Yeah. But, but yeah, but TikTok, I've got to upload, you know, I got to, I've got to stay on my schedule for my, you know, I made a commitment to my sponsors and I'm going to, you know, whatever it takes, I'm going to keep that commitment to my sponsors. Um, but yeah, there's videos that I've uploaded that I'm like, this is crap. And then it gets 50,000 views. And then there's videos that I'm really excited about that I'm like, wow, this turned out fantastic. And I don't even get 2,000 views on yes. that one. So I, <laughs> but I, I feel like even, I squander yeah. my opportunity because I know that I put out a subpar video and that's yeah, the yeah, one yeah, that got yeah. 200K. Yeah. But I'm like, if it was the best one, everyone would fucking love me by now. That's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, YouTube is this, 
very, very strange animal that sometimes I want to put out of its misery. But yeah, yeah, we can yeah. we can talk about that if you want. <laughs> so how do you deal with the fact that you're expected to upload and everything like that, but also with, you know, negativity that comes back and also you kind of compare yourself to other people doing and you're like, well, I could do that. But you come to it at a tasteful angle you know you yeah, don't take yeah. any shortcuts so right how right, do you stay right. patient in that respect well first of all i never compare myself to anybody but myself i compare my videos to my old videos are they getting better are they getting worse and if they're getting worse then you have to make them better um i don't compare myself to any other youtuber out there i don't compare myself to any other filmmaker out there because there are youtubers out there that are doing much 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 better than i am there are YouTubers out there that have started within the past year and now have 200,000 subscribers. And, you know, it, it, did they hit the algorithm? Are they making great videos? Is it a combination of all of it? Probably. But yeah. whatever that is, if you compare yourself to somebody whose channel is skyrocketed, all that's going to do is, is, is lead on depression. And, and I don't you know, I, I don't want to think badly of anybody. I don't want to have bad thoughts about anybody. So I never compare myself to other YouTubers or to other filmmakers. I Again, I only compare myself to myself. And of course, now I just went off on a tangent and I forgot the second part of your question, <laughs> which is going to happen a lot. How yeah, do you between deal the with, two of us. How do you deal yeah. with negative comments? Negative comments. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, this is the thing. This is the beauty of, of, of my channel is that I don't get a lot of negative comments on that. I get a lot of constructive criticism of what my fans want to see different um but i don't get a lot of negative uh comments i got one today um where it was on the uh one from peru and some asshole out in the world said you know you should treat bushmasters like muslim pigs chop their heads off whoa and that's offensive I, both ways yeah yeah and so every once in a while you get you get you know trolls like that and i just i, I simply wrote them back and i said tell me something how does it feel to be a complete asshole <laughs> and you know i mean they're they're trolls and, and eventually i'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna you know delete the comments but but seriously, I don't get a lot of negative comments on Reptile Adventures, and I and I really love my fan base because of that. Um, on the uh, on the vlog channel, you know, the vlog channel, I do more uh, universal videos that appeal to a wider audience. So when you have that happen, yeah, I get I get tons of of really nasty comments. One of my videos on the vlog channel went viral and has like two million views. And I'm constantly policing the comments, you know, just deleting all these asshole comments. But it, it comes with the territory. And, you know, if you, you you really have to be strong, you have to be, you know, strong interior to kind of have a shield between you and all the negativity that's going to come back at you. And, you know, there's times where I sit there and think, all right, my views are in the toilet. People aren't responding to me. People don't like me. Maybe I should quit. I mean, this is this is a common thought of mine. Um, and uh, you just you, you just keep going. I mean, that's why I keep saying rattle on, because when things get bad, you know, you just you just rattle on. Just keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Stay true to yourself and keep going and, you know, have that little you know shield that that's that's going to really shield you from all the negativity that flies back at you. So, yeah. And that's something that we talk about all the time is just like be patient. Keep on going. Right don't care you know what's going on just know that somewhere down the line 
you know, you're going to be further ahead than you are right now. Um, Absolutely. I definitely had a question. Oh. What was your question? Mine was more of a comment. Just saying, like, the nice thing about what Dave does is there's always going to be another place to hurt. Like, yeah. there's always going to be something new to find, some new place to look. And so that, I assume, keeps it a little bit fresh well, for Well, let you. me go to the, to the other side. Because oh, we'll let you the, cut me off. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> what doing. But, that's really what you're But saying. the thing is that <laughs> I try not to make it all, obviously, the animals that I keep videos. But a lot of YouTubers are doing the animals that you have in your room. So they buy, like, <laughs> animals every week to make a new video or something. I don't yeah. do that. So it's hard for me yeah. to make videos of what I have. But I try to herp also to make up for some of that. Oh yeah. But we literally have... My nose is bleeding. What the hell is going on here? This is a this is a oh her nose is bleeding? This is a haunted podcast. Oh my wow. Wow. <laughs> I have made a horror film before. Yeah. No. <laughs> She's only cried one on the once on the podcast, and the nosebleed is a new one now. Oh but, geez. <laughs> but is the air really dry in Texas right now? Apparently. Damn. That's, so, wow, is, I hope she's okay. But what I wanted to say is that videos that you make are take longer to edit and film, but the the like pet tuber type of ones where it's talking yeah. head with the yeah yeah, take, yeah 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 take a day yeah, which is why you know <sighs> yeah, and and I and I I. I I watch a lot of pet tubers, you know, um, Emily from snake discovery is a very good friend. Uh, Emma of course is a very good friend, Emma Locke. And you know, I watch what they do and I'm like, is she, are you all right? What? I got my nose bleeding. Wow. So I've never even seen you. Wow. That's, that's really ever. random. Damn. <laughs> that's why I put this, the, all, everyone who's watching can only see this, you. This is an audio disaster I mean, for the people everything. who downloaded the podcast. It's an everything disaster. Damn. <laughs> okay, keep talking. All right. I hope you're. I hope. Yeah. I hope that stops. <laughs> she won't die. Got that. <laughs> Death by nosebleed. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, what were we talking about? So pet tubers. Ah, pet tubers. Yeah. So uh, you know, because I travel so much, I can't have the multitudes of animals that I once had. And I really have to have animals that really don't miss me if I leave. Um, and so really I've got tons of ball pythons and I've got bull snakes and that's it. And so, you know, I got, oh boy, oh boy, my, my phone's going to die. Um, <laughs> stand by. <laughs> oh my God. I think I have an iPhone charger somewhere here. If you want this to is, it. this is, this is just silliness. All right, hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug this bad boy in, and then I'm gonna plug this bad boy in. I swear we knew the podcast was happening today. All right, hang on, hang on. Be prepared. Does that work? Are we back? I haven't yeah. had a nosebleed in All right, years. <laughs> oh, and then I get and then I get this notification that it's charging slowly. Perfect. That will do. Is that like? How come half of me is cut off? Hang on. Stand by, everybody. No, you, look, you look. You look full to us. Okay. All right. Good. That's like balancing on the cord right now. So we're, we're just going to have to, we got 15% left here, guys. All right. So 
the hell were we talking about again? <laughs> we're still on pet tubers, but we've pet tubers. Really yes, off. all right, pet tubers. Uh, yes, and okay, so we're gonna just fast forward. I, well, yeah, you were talking about your collection at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't have anything that misses me. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, here we go. So, I, you know, I and I was th- and I'm doing a little bit more of that type of video with you know the ball pythons that are hatching out around here and and things like that. But I just, you know, pet tubers, they have their niche. And I'm not a pet tuber. I want to show what these animals are doing in the wild. I want to show, you know, people, uh, reptiles from the wild that they'd never even heard of before. Um, and so that's that's my thing. And I think that if I was a straight pet tuber, yeah, the channel would be, you know, probably over 100,000 right now. Um, that is if but you know pet tubers have a very young audience and i don't think that you know i being you know uh uh, 62 years old is going to um why is that funny you look really good for 62 (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that me at my accelerated age is going to appeal to you know 14 year old kids i hope so i mean i'd like that but you know i'd, I'd like them to watch that's my videos weird but if you do want to appeal i mean there are those people oh, yeah, I think I feel that's the exactly same way. what i'm saying you know i don't want to like if, if you're 14 and you love reptiles and you love my channel fantastic i'm happy to have you as a fan but i think that i just have an older audience and i can you know i, I look at my demography i do know that i have you know a somewhat older audience than some of the pet tubers do and that's what i mean is that um you know, because I have that older audience, the older audience uh, wants something more than just a cell phone of, hey, look at my leopard gecko. You know, that's that's what I'm saying. So I want to kind of do a little bit more with my channel. Right. So yeah. I, that was the most convoluted answer I've ever given. <laughs> I don't even know what the question was. That was the most awkward right. answer I've ever All given right. in an interview before. <laughs> is, now, is like YouTuber or pet tuber, is that derogatory in any sense? Not or do you want to be called a filmmaker? Or do you care which one? No, no, because you know what? It's all about YouTube now. YouTube, yeah. Netflix, they've taken over. Um, and, and, and pretty soon, you know, Amazon is, is about to launch OpenTube. And it's a oh. direct competitor to YouTube. Wow. And, and and so YouTube is a, you know, a lot of people disagree with me, but I think YouTube is about to go the way of, of MySpace. Well, in the way, they're just not supporting what their whole base, which is creators. No, um, no. If you go and, to the trending page, it's Fox. It's like it's like American Idol or something. Absolutely. It's not even YouTubers anymore. People don't want to go to YouTube to watch network television, and they can't get this through their heads. That's why YouTube fucking exists, to get rid of the <laughs> network. That's down. right. That's exactly right. So if OpenTube listens to the complaints that the creators have about YouTube and actually d- creates a platform, that addresses the complaints that YouTubers have, YouTube is going the way of MySpace as soon as Open uh, OpenTube comes along. If they listen to, you know, but I, I, I'm talking to tons and tons of YouTubers. I talk to my, you know, other YouTube, other reptile YouTubers every single day, and we all talk about the exact same thing. You know, ever since the Edpocalypse, which is where all the, you know, the major advertisers pulled out of YouTube, what, six months ago? YouTube has been crashing, and they made all of us uh, creators pay for that. Um, and it, it, it's, it's a disaster. My views and, you know, even... You know, other YouTubers' views are just not even ten percent of what they were even six months ago, and 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 so, and then you know the CEO of YouTube, 
you know, uh, sends out these, these, um, you know, here's what's happening at YouTube and none of it addresses the issues that creators are screaming about. And so, it's not like you get that one-on-one -on -one interaction as you or me, right, you right. have to be a Logan Paul or some dipwit. But even then Casey Neistat is, is yelling at YouTube to change stuff. And they're not even, PewDiePie was, 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 you know, bitching about that. You have to now hit the bell that nobody, nobody hits the bell. And if you don't hit the bell, then you're not your subscribers aren't going to know that you even uploaded and so even pewdiepie was 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 bitching about that and youtube has done nothing to to change anything mm -hmm. so it is what it is you know it's the it's a platform that gives us all a voice and and there's a lot of positive coming out of youtube but at this point you know yeah i mean a lot of us are suffering my videos used to get you know 20,000 30,000 50,000 views my last two videos haven't gotten 2,000 views I and it has even, nothing to do with the quality. Yeah, even when I had a small channel, I would put out a video and it had the possibility of the algorithm picking it up. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason now, I don't get that pickup off a of search and stuff like that. I don't know if they cater towards right. larger creators or... Right, right. Well, if know. you if you made a video where you stuck your dick in a snapping turtle's mouth, bam, <laughs> 7 million views. Um, and, and, and that... That's the that's really the garbage that's getting, you know, the views on YouTube and, and it's yeah. it's it's frustrating to watch. So uh your favorite person, Brandon Fowler, said his kids are watching, so watch the language. Also, mm -hmm. sorry I sound like this. I'm holding paper towel to my nose. What's up, little Brandon? <laughs> um <laughs> Don't do things with snapping turtles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't stick your thumb, is what I said. Your yeah, thumb. And uh I'm surprised Brandon isn't calling me right now and <laughs> going, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's an unfortunate thing about society as a whole, right? But you don't want to get, we don't want to get too well, I kinda, that, but I, I kind of got to realize that you know kids are watching. But I heard you do some swears, so I was like, hey, I'm gonna join this bandwagon. Oh yeah, I don't really hold <laughs> back very often. <laughs> <laughs> let's Only because it's Brandon. Let's talk about. Okay, <laughs> okay. So let's get into why do you like bull snakes in particular? Because uh, a bull snake was the first snake that I caught on that camping trip, which reinvigorated my childhood love of snakes. And I mean, bull snakes are not a very popular snake amongst hobbyists as far as there's a bunch of morphs, but there's a select yeah. few that are into it. So how have you passed that? Because like, you know, most people caught garter snakes or even sure. caught rat snakes or stuff, but they don't keep sure. them. They end up going the way of exotics, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what you know, makes them so interesting? There, there's a lot of Pitchyophis fans out there, a lot of them. Um, and, you know, I sell out of my bull snakes faster than I sell out of my ball pythons every year. Um, and, um, you know, they're big, but, it, it, you know, it's not like if, if you've kept corn snakes or king snakes or whatever, you know, a, a bull snake is a completely different snake. They are they need bigger enclosures. Um, they're messy. They finger paint with their poop. Um, they, you know, think that the water dish is a toilet and use it as such. Um, so the maintenance on a, on, a, on any pitchu office is, you know, you got to be Johnny on the spot. Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's not weekly cleanings. It's, you know, daily cleaning. Sometimes it's biweekly cleanings. Um, and when you have 
however many 20 of them whatever i have out there um it's it's you know it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work and it's a lot more work than just your typical corn snake or whatever but you know they're big and they're beefy and they're gorgeous and they're just really awesome animals and when you have you know ball pythons like i do inevitably every single week somebody's not going to eat and so I want the right, right. And so I want the bull snakes there because they're my garbage cans. You, right. you can overfeed them. Of course you can overfeed them, but you know, if they get an extra rat or two a week, they're going to be happy. They're not going to like regurgitate like a, you know, like, like, like maybe a corn snake or a king snake would. So, mm-hmm. but so bull snakes. Was- Let's go over a little bit of what you have as far because I know you have some morphs and some projects you're working on with bulls. Yeah, yeah. So what do you have? Then? Uh, so what do I? Oh, geez. Um, I have a lot of like multiple hats. Um, so I get a lot of different morphs out of the same two snakes. Uh, but uh, I, I'm really into the red stuff and I'm really into the albino stuff. So red albinos are my favorites. And now what I want to do is I want to take, you know, Stillwater Hypo and I want to take white sided and I want to take patternless and get them into that red albino gene. Uh, so that's kind of the projects that I'm working on right now. So does that mean you just basically want the most red, I think the most red bull snake I am not no matter even, what? Guys, I'm not even joking. My nose started bleeding. No, you're lying. No, I'm not. I swear. <laughs> you're I swear. I am not even joking. I got nothing. I got nothing to wipe it off with. This is a fucking horror movie. Sorry, this Brandon, is, but this is this is weird. Hang on, I'll be right back. This is not this is not right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. I don't even want to. Mine is still bleeding. Okay, <laughs> I'm back. That we can't. We can't. is totally insane. <laughs> Wow, good looking bunch. We what got is over here. So we we couldn't get the system to work. We had to like reset and upload and 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 now we're having like two bloody noses. Borderline satanic, I would say. So I don't know what's happening here. I'm not even. I'm not even going to show this to you. This is. Who do I put on the screen? Your blood or my blood? Like I don't know. All right, I think I'm. I think I'm okay now. Just move that. Mine, the mine was a little one. Holy crap. Wild. Damn. All right. All right. So both snakes. Um, So go over. I really like the blood pythons. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's insane. So now you have your like Kingsville's and your Stillwater's and stuff like yeah. that so kingsville that's locality that happens to be more red and then still water is an actual mutation still water is a mutation it's a recessive mutation it's hypo or i don't think it's hypo but that's a different story altogether oh, i think yeah. it's actually a pattern mutation that they erroneously called hypo but uh kingsville red and crumbly red are the two red lines that are out there but i don't think that they exist any longer i think that there's been so many you know people breeding this and this and calling it this and calling it that that i don't think that anybody can trace the red lines back to the original kingsville red or to the original crumbly even though they say they can i i can't imagine that they that they can't so i yeah seriously I, I, I go for that blood red color. <laughs> <Yeah>. Both snakes. 
This is no. absolutely insane. Guys, I'm afraid of you two. I don't know <laughs> what, what it of, is. What kind of evil spirits do you have coming through here into my room right now? Clearly. This is insane. The red yeah, we were talking shit on YouTube on and YouTube. Back at us. Wait a minute. YouTube, listen to us. Yes, Big Brother is watching. Evil. I have 5,000 subscribers. They're really watching. You know, they care. Ooh, man. <laughs> All right, I think I'm good. I can like, like that, that alkaline taste of blood in the back of your throat. That's oh, really yeah. kind of disgusting. Right. So if awesome. I die tomorrow, you know, whatever. It be <laughs> no, you're gonna get a bloody nose in about three minutes here. I have never like had one in my life. I don't think besides getting punched in the face, <laughs> but that was asked for. I think. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Anyway, oh, so, <laughs> so moving on. So as on. far as bulls, you kind of hit on that they get. A little bit bigger than your normal snakes, so mm -hmm. or than your normal ball python corn snake. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, what are you keeping your adult males and females in? Uh, cardboard boxes that I buy my shoes in. You know, they you just they they really work well. They're about you know yay high by. No. Put a heat rock uh, in there and call it a day. <laughs> uh, you should really have uh, like a two foot by three foot by two foot enclosure for them. They move around a lot. Um, you can keep young ones in CB seventies. Um, but they, they do need a lot of space. Mm -hmm. So one of these days I, I did make a, a bull snake uh, video, but I didn't show the cages in that video simply because they're in another location and, uh, the lighting in there just really sucked. So I chose to bring them into the room that had the better lighting. Um, and, and one day I'm going to, you know, do another bull snake video and I'll show those off, but, mm -hmm. um, they do need a lot of space. <clears throat> so yeah, my whole thing is when we do snakes, don't show the enclosure because someone's going to talk shit about what we have them in, whether it's Absolutely. I took the hide out for the video, bro. It has a hide. I swear. Right, right, Did you yeah. bring this back to your YouTube channel? We are I'm talking about snakes, babe. Can we keep can we keep on snakes? <laughs> <laughs> At least you're not the one with the nose who just had a nosebleed for half an hour. Yeah, that, like. really. <laughs> Maybe it's my animosity and anger. That's me. <laughs> I don't know. But and as far as bulls go, do you breed them like normal colubrids? Yeah. So you have to hibernate them for uh, three months. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just, oh man, I'm just spotting at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was so not even. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> Sorry, my Slap. brain went there. <laughs> I think we're having um, fun. But yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, what was your question? <laughs> so, obviously, you brumate your bull snake. Yes, yes. Like you treat them just like any other colubrid. You brumate them for thirty, you know, for three months, uh, down to fifty degrees. Bring them up, warm them up. They shed. You feed them tons of stuff. Uh, right after that, you know, right after that shed, and they've put some of that weight back on. You pair them up. They do their thing. It's really, really easy. Now the chat. Oh. Ask no, when your reds are going to be ready to breed. Okay. When my reds? Yes. Uh, next year. Okay. Next uh, year. Yeah, this is a project that I started a couple of years ago, and next year I, I hope it'll all come come to fruition. So. Okay, you say it's really easy, but then I think about how you live in Minnesota. My friends this is live, true. I have friends who live there. Literally, describe it as uh, Satan. 
during the Same. winter, which sounds really well, hot, have... but like literally yeah. dead. Like, how do you do that when it literally snows for half the year? Okay, so uh, it starts snowing here in November and uh, it stops in like early May. Yeah, um, <laughs> which would actually. Uh, Brandon just said spotting is the worst. Um, <laughs> um, what was the question? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so all I do is I crack a window and I literally bring the entire herp room down to 50 degrees and I don't have to do anything but open a window. Um, but I have friends of mine in Texas that actually have to set up like a hibernaculum in their garages where they, you know, have to set up an air conditioning system. And in friends of mine in Florida, you know, California, whatever, um, that would that would really suck. So oh, in the window doesn't well, get too cold. No, it literally stays 50 degrees really? in that room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've yeah. done both. I lived in upstate New York, which is probably pretty similar to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as cold. Yeah, maybe. But it was Lake Effect. It's snow. not it so. Oh yeah, true. He did day. live. Oswego is really cold. It's in the border of Canada on the fucking. Oh, uh, there you go. So you got you got more snow than we did, but we get the we get the it's, deep you're freeze. Probably colder there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it was easier for me to brewmate than when I lived in Tech. Living in Texas, one day, um, my heater blew out and they were 17 degrees or something. Oh so, no! Well, it was 17 degrees out. They got 32 degrees, and then they'd be 80 the next week because I couldn't keep them cool. So everything ended up fine. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Have those. Wow, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I love Minnesota. Despite the winter, I love Minnesota. <laughs> And 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 it is easy to 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 brewmate colubrids here. Because, shock of the century yeah. for me right now. <laughs> I was expecting you to have like a ten minute long thing of like how hard it is to brewmate up there. Okay, take that mind. window thing and go like this. <laughs> <laughs> and now ball pythons. Even though dun, we are dun, dun. very, we don't go very deep into ball pythons, but. Um, what do you keep? What projects are you into? And what's your future in ball pythons? All right. So I tried a bunch of things. So during the craze, everybody wanted to be like the first person to produce this, the world's first in the, the you know, and, and everybody kind of focused on, you know, getting as many genes into their collection as they could, because really back then everything was selling. Well, now that we know that spider has the wobble and spider kind of lost favor and, you know, pinstripe has been done, you know, so many countless times and so many countless morphs, pinstripes aren't really a big thing anymore. So what I keep telling everybody is to, you know, the way to make money in the in the ball python world now, my opinion, you know, others may disagree with me, but I think it's pretty spot on is pick a gene. Pick a gene that you love and work only with that gene and get known for working with that gene. And then if every, you know, and then you're going to attract buyers that love that gene as well. And they're going to know, you know, okay, I go to breeder X because I want snake X. Uh, JD Constriction in Iowa is a perfect example of it. They produce some of the most amazing azanthics and that's all they do is azanthics. So if you're out there looking for an azanthic, you're going to be JD Constriction is going to be your first place that you're going to go because they have the reputation of producing nothing but azanthics and really good ones, too. Um, so I, you know, when I identified that that might be the way to go, 
Pods were my first love. And so I work almost exclusively with pods now. I sold all of my clown stuff. I sold all of my, I used to love Calico stuff. I sold all of that stuff. And now my entire breeding facility is all geared towards pods and, um, you know, what kind of different genes I can put into pied. Um, I just, I, I really love that gene. So I'm a pied guy. Yeah. I mean, pied is no matter if it's the, one of the older genes that we have clown is old too, but those are yeah. now like, those are the, the big thing right now. They've been around right. forever. Right, right, right. And you know, I like that, that pies are affordable for, for a lot of people now or for more people now, you know, I mean, I remember <laughs> yeah, I bought nice, my, yeah. right. And I bought my first pied, which was a male and I bought it for $3,500, a male baby pie, which is now 200 bucks, maybe 300 bucks, <laughs> oh, whatever they're going for. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and what I used to do is because I traveled so much, I couldn't really do a lot of the shows. And of course I do Tinley every year. Um, uh, Dave Kaufman's reptile adventure sponsors the NARBC now. Um, and so, you know, if I couldn't sell out at Tinley, which I, of course you never do, um, I would just wholesale my stuff. And so nobody really knew that I was breeding all this stuff because I would do like one or two shows and then I would wholesale the rest out. I wouldn't put out a price list. I wouldn't go on, you know, now morph market, but back then kingsnake.com, which I don't, does, yeah, sorry, Jeff, but does, I don't know if a lot of people go to kingsnake.com anymore. I get, I get um, good response on Fauna did he just still. Call you so. Jeff? On Fauna, God, that's the worst, 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 worst. Um, yeah. Don't get me started on Fauna. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, so, you know, a lot of people didn't know that that I was breeding all this stuff because I would just simply wholesale it out and go back to Australia. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pides, pides are where it's at. So I, I bet you I've produced uh, not including all the het stuff and the stuff that I'm holding back. I probably have over 50 just pied stuff like wow. banana pies or banana leopard pies or, you know, pastel pies or whatever. Now, in the so interest of your time when you're traveling all around, I know yeah. a lot of people at this point are breeding like ball pythons all year round. Are yeah, yeah. still strictly seasonal due to your climate and time constrictions? I, no, I try to be only because it's easier for me. Um, if I have, like, for instance, right now, it's – see you guys. What? Hang on. Oh, no. Oh, no, battery died. just died. <laughs> Phone battery dead. But how are we still hear you? I do not know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's weird how we can hear you, but we can't. See I don't know you. if he's still there. Look, it has this little picture. Yeah, but we don't hear him. <laughs> Okay, so this has been the worst podcast ever. It was going to be the best podcast It was going ever. to be the best. We talked it up so much. I, this is the one I was so excited for. What happened? Everything this happened. Is, but now dead. his phone's dead. What are we going to do? His computer. We tried to do it on his computer. It wouldn't work on the computer. And I don't know. Let's dead. start talking about our stuff, and then we will... Um... <laughs> Just adjust from there. <laughs> so let's, I guess this will give us a little opportunity to talk about our season so far. 
Um, so you talk to Dave while I just talk about what's going on. So what to do? So all we have right now is just one clutch left out of the whole season. We had. Um, it sounds so stupid when you say because it's like such a little number compared to so many other people, but it feels like so much work for us. But it's like uh, we've only had nine clutches, but um, the ninth for whatever reason is like three weeks later than everything else. So it's like everything are already hatched out and is ready to go, but we still have this random clutch kind of clinging on to the end there. So um, that will be hatching in probably like five or so days. And then other than that, what we have is if you guys haven't seen our Instagram, we have a bunch of different stuff coming out. But um, I think I found out that our AML buff male isn't an AML buff. Because I bred AML buff to AML buff, and it seems like half of the clutch is normal AMLs, and half of the clutch are are AML buffs. So, um, because if they both were AML buffs, we should have gotten. 100%. We should have gotten almost one hundred percent. Because since it's it works fifty fifty, it wasn't one hundred percent that we were going to get a hundred percent. It was like it was like ninety six percent or ninety hundred percent. Right. So it's like the fact that we got like four normals is probably not. Plus, as the so female, the, the female is a lot nicer than the male. I agree. So then, what yeah. could the male be? Just a really nice AML? Just, just a weird looking AML, I guess. A little, but then and then the babies are a little wacky anyway. So it's like I don't so, know what's going on. What? So there's just um, no and Dave's trying to get back on, by the way. So we're going to try to salvage something. But um, yeah, so the male isn't as nice as a, we just thought it wasn't as nice. But it right. turns out it may not be a buff or it's something different. Um, if it was something different, then it'd be super subtle. Like, I don't think it's I think it's probably more so that it's just a regular AML because we bred that male that was supposed to be an AML buff to a um sunglow tessera and came out all amels and amel tessera i wanted to look at everything and be like oh yeah that's an amel buff or that's a amel buff tessera but then i just couldn't bring myself to say that that looks like that a buff in so, any of them right so fuck it kind of fucked two pro two sorry well Brandon, i'm still cursing it kind of half messed up our projects but it was still um we still got a a few buffs it sucks that we didn't get the whole clutch of buffs it sucks that we didn't get that second clutch of buffs that sunglow i could have bred her to the snow and made snow tesseras and i could have made snow tesseras but i tried to make amel buff tesseras but now we just have amels and amel tesseras and no snow and it yeah and it just sucks because i I mean there's still the sunglows this is like first world problems 100 percent. but you know the sunglows snakes or babies are still pretty but it's just like i feel like we kind of Dev- not devalued her, but we could have used her in a better, we more effectively. Yeah, right. We right. wouldn't have just put an AML. I wouldn't keep an AML male we around. Sorry, it. besides Tony, we have Tony. So we're we gonna but... sell the male. I don't know. That's so, and I I hate selling adult snakes just because it's like. But we once, but once we it's an adult, it's that's an like a, your snake. It feels much more your. Yeah, but snake you didn't grow it up. Things. We just but got yeah, it last year. I didn't grow it up. Yeah. And if it's just an AML. Email. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. If it's just an email, then we have no need for it. Yeah. But then it's like we're not certain it's just an email. 
I know uh, it's there, that it's that one shred. I should be a hundred percent sure, but I'm I'm holding on to hope. That's me being very pe- like optimistic. Fun. But to me, it looks better than it's a bad looking buff. But it, I feel like it's a really good looking amel. It's, it's a creamy amel. Yeah, right. It's better. It's th- weird. It's yeah, better but... than other amels I see out there. Yeah, but then again, yeah. Evan said my corn's pretty, and that's supposed to be our normal from our clutch. Yeah, and the it's one we gave Evan is nice gorgeous. Looking, yeah, yeah. So that just happens. That a regular thing can end up being very pretty which yeah I'll- i think there's just a lot of variability everywhere in especially in corn snakes but yeah there's james no- lewis brought up the fact of saving that male that we think may just be a normal a male and breeding it to the daughter i agree mm. i mean that might be some but then it's like we have to wait three years <laughs> for it to grow up yeah yeah the thing the is corns are usually recessive as uh, it's all it's it, it would be a lot of work to do it for no one maybe no one caring but uh, I mean I don't know what I'm going to do yet but that's just where I am. I came to this by the way I came to this conclusion today after yeah, like you haven't even told me about after it. like yeah yeah this is the first time <laughs> me mentioning it to you cuz I came to it today because for like the fifth cuz someone asked me for email buffs today so I was like okay let me actually go through these actually and see what's check. what and then I'm like this clutch looks half and then this clutch looks zero percent amel or amel buff anywhere there's no buff anywhere so i mean and that's easy to fuck up as the breeder because buff is a very subtle thing so yeah brandon asked does dave know how a cell phone charger works um he i guess he tried he just had a slow well, one well he was i think he had plugged it up to his computer and iphones don't charge as fast on the as computer computer yeah but, so um, now i think he's putting it into an outlet and he's just waiting for it but, to come back but on. buff is very subtle but i can tell kind of night and day because there's one there's one animal that i sent this lady he, outrageously orange yeah so fucking orange and all the other ones Stop have red pushing. in them sorry brandon uh, <laughs> just apologizing to brandon directly every yeah. time i curse um but it was and it's so beautiful and the others just fall short and i can't find any that besides the email buff motley's i think those are both buff so our 50 percent landed on the buff motley's good side of the 50 lucky for us but we can't sell because i'm gonna because those are both girls we gotta keep those but then again now we don't have a buff male true because that was our buff male the dad we thought was a buff male yeah so we don't yeah we i mean unless we do like james lewis said and bring it back to the daughter and hope <laughs> but that doesn't give us that doesn't give us a male buff um know, we made a male buff a... but i just sold it <laughs> did you send a sink off today no no but is that the one that made on instagram it? yeah oh you sold it on instagram two days so you didn't ship it off but today you sold it. yeah but i sold oh, it why didn't you come to this decision like 24 hours ago? because <laughs> i simultaneously simultaneously. <laughs> simultaneously sold the snake and took and pictures realized. and realized realized all at the same time and that a collective all right i just give up on this shit because and then i was because i was thinking um i was thinking like three years ahead i was like what am i gonna put in buff next i have buff tesseras i have buff amel buff all this stuff Mm -hmm. amel buff mollies like what can i do next let's bring it into something not amel just kidding we're not gonna have a mail for you so you're gonna want to rethink all your so projects. We need someone to sell us and proven 
adult not necessarily um i mean it's we, we may have another project. male scr- scratching around there somewhere i don't i don't scratching think so around scratching around what the hell am weird. i talking about but yeah that's a little bit of our my daily disappointment um <laughs> you know what i was disappointed about and we can Dis- call it we, <laughs> i got a piece not, so you can on top okay not disappointed but so one of our like most highly anticipated clutches this year was our Miami Oquities, which I know a lot of y'all who are listening are really into it. But as they look normal, I don't. I was super disappointed. I I guess I didn't you know do the Ian's Ian's Vivarium check before to like see what a Miami Oquity baby looks like. I just I just have our mom. I'm like she is gorgeous. So I thought the babies would look. I don't know, kind of like it, like have some of that orange, black, gray, but they literally look like normal corn sinks. I'm like, how does this baby grow up to be this? They nowhere near each other. But I don't know. So I feel I feel weird selling it to people, being like, hey, this is what I think it's gonna look. You know, I don't I don't like that selling it on um, the hopes of that it will look what I like the mom. <laughs> I kind of feel could hear us peeing. I kind of feel crap. Ill they could hear you peeing, <laughs> but that's Ew. a good stream. But I, I I was more disappointed at the fact that their head snow because I wanted all the wild type looking ones for me to choose from. I wanted to pick one that had zero orange, and I wanted to pick one that was high orange. But what I got is mostly high orange animals in comparison to regulars, so to, to a normal wild type. So um, they do get orange and gray as they get older. So they enhance their color as they get older. So it's hard to pick out when they're babies. So the fact that they were both het snow, and we ended up with two snows, one anery, and three normals, and um. That's I thought I was going to have more to choose from. So it's actually detrimental that they're head snow, but it's also cool because we produce really cool animals. So um, so the annery that I made is going to someone who's in the chat now, but it ended up being like the like everyone fucking loves that snake. And I even posted I posted up on Instagram, got the most likes that we've ever gotten on a snake. It has over 2000 likes. We put I posted it on a corn snake group today. And it went crazy as well with like 27 comments so far and like 200 likes, which doesn't happen that much in the corn snake group. So people really, really love this animal because I think it is um, the male red High red okatee is actually what we call red coat, which is what makes it that red. So I think that passed it on to the offspring. So there's some really high orange offspring that I'm keeping back. I already picked one to hold back, but, um, and it's a male. But, um, then we have reverses and stuff that are going to be high red. I know those babies are going to look outrageous. I don't know what they're going to look like, but they're going to look outrageous and uh, they're going to look great. And that's Julie's talk. I, have to admit, I wasn't listening to you for a second, but she said it's polygenic. What I was talking to Dave. What are you, what is she talking about? Okay, so if you're talking polygenic as far as Miami and Okatee, then that may be true. It's kind of weird because you're breeding together two different looks. The Miami is obviously a gray snake with red pattern more so, and the Okatee is supposed to be, you know, the classic Okatee look. So, but there's kind of, um, once we breed those together, and then the high red Okatee, it was supposed to be lime bread, but we know now after breeding it out, 
Um, and Don Soderbergh did this. This isn't coming from me. I'm not the fucking corn snake morph god. The what morph? The what? Fucking. Um, but hey, little uh, Brandon's watching. Yeah. See, <laughs> but but um, we found out that that is actually a recessive trait that can be passed on. Um, the red coat. And the red factor. If you wanted to learn more about that, buy Sarah Moore's book. And if you want to hit me up after the podcast, but we have Dave back, which if you guys forgot about Dave, he's, he's here. Yeah, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh man, this is this is the weirdest interview I've ever done, guys. The weirdest. I am so sorry. We need the to do it like in person. No, it's not to be sorry again, for. It's or... it's actually kind of fun. It's awesome. It's it's it's, it's not boring. Like, Anything yeah, it's not boring. that can go wrong. L- let me not say that. I'm, I'm not going to finish yeah, that. Yeah, a lot more that can go wrong here. <laughs> so, Dave, now, um, yes. how'd you get started in filmmaking in reptiles? <laughs> <laughs> what is that figure with the glowing eyes in the door behind you? Don't even fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about our dog. I thought that's what you. I thought you were talking. I thought a dick. You have a six there. foot tall dog. What? <laughs> we don't have a dog. Where is Dick? She was here a second ago. Okay. Yeah, she's all right. All right, but really, um, ball pythons, ball pythons, pie balls. Yeah, we're talking about pines. I like <laughs> so I pines. I would say that that's definitely an advantage you have on the normal guy in a basement with ball pythons is that you have a following and YouTubers, so like and YouTube. Yeah. So how do you use that to kind of leverage, you know, your reptile sales? Yeah, I guess like sort of. I yeah, sort of. Um, you know, surprisingly, I don't, I'm not like inundated with, Hey, I saw this in a video. How much is this? You know, I, I just like showing off my snakes and if people want to buy them, great. They're for sale. Mm -hmm. So now now you had mentioned that you don't do any shows, but are you ramping up production at all or anything like that? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. Um, you know, I, and on that note, you know, I just started Patreon. Um, and even though I'm sponsored by Zilla and Rainbow Mealworms, um, it, it, these videos are expensive. And, and, the, and the, video, the things that I make the videos about, you know, traveling to places that, you know, previous to me going there, I couldn't pick out on a map, New Caledonia, for instance. You know, it, these are expensive trips. Um, and but nobody else was doing this. Nobody else. No other YouTuber is going to uh, New Caledonia to go find crested geckos and leeches in the wild. So um, that trip was ridiculously expensive. Um, and it basically almost took up my entire uh, 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 year. Uh, well, I have a budget for travel uh, and then I have a budget for, you know, other things and, and, and yada, yada. But, you know, that New Caledonia trip basically took up, you know, my entire um not my entire but i'm not going to take another big trip until maybe this fall because that trip was so expensive that was so easy for me to say but it took me five minutes to say it but (laughs) um so anyway so as far as the uh you know the sponsorship and the patreon is concerned 99.5 let's just say percent of that money goes into the production of the videos uh the money that i make off my ball pythons pays for my studio pays for my car pays for my electricity all my bills they come out of my ball pythons so insight that i did not know (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i was not expecting that to be honest yeah yeah but and, 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 and 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 i can't really 
I mean, I can do it that way, but you know, there, there just comes a point where, you know, I don't want to have to scrimp and save and say, Oh, I can't do this because I need to do this or whatever. It's, it's inhibiting the things that I want to do and the things that I want to show people in my channel. Um, and that's why I launched Patreon to kind of, you know, make up for some of that, that, that deficit in there. So plus, you know, this computer that I edit on is a 2012 Mac there was no 4k in, in 2012 and this computer i can hear it wheezing when i try to edit 4k so i need to upgrade this and and you know the sponsorship isn't going to cover that so the fact that your mac even still works oh i baby is... this I, I baby my little computer here <laughs> and you know what's funny is is that i don't baby this computer i have banged this computer up this computer has been all over the world with me literally and it it's it's been banged up it's been banged up but it's still going and i and i edit every single one of my videos on a system that simply you know it needs to be so upgraded that we couldn't do this interview on this computer because the app that we're using couldn't be downloaded on my computer <laughs> and my computer is that old and that's what i'm using to edit my videos with so wow yeah. Yeah, we yeah, even yeah. struggle on our computer. That's maybe like three. That's like the worst when you're. Yeah. It's it's not your skill that's holding you back. It's rendering every little that's right. piece during it. Right. Adobe Premiere kills this computer. Oh, that's what I edit on. And yeah, I mean, there's there. I'm constantly like every single day I have to restart my computer at least ten times because it froze up. <laughs> and and God so. forbid I upgrade Adobe because that may totally screw oh it, my it probably life. won't work with your old operating system right but anyway there it is so, insider talk <laughs> again there's, there's the, ceiling. the phone fell oh. uh, well, we see the computer. well I, i've said this before and i just wanted to say it again the fact that you you mentioned a second ago no one else is doing what you're doing and the well, thank fact you. that no one else is doing it makes it so awesome that you're doing you know the fact that you're willing to take half your budget to go to new caledonia like that yeah. is, you're doing what we dream of what, right. yeah, what people are too of. much of a Pussies? word i can't say oh, sorry brandon sorry, wow brandon. <laughs> brandon, stick your fingers in your ears okay go ahead and say it i literally no you said it i was saying a <laughs> word i can't say scaredy cats <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah what well, we're all scaredy cats to just bite the bullet and do you're doing I, you know if if, if for, for people that, that that watch my videos and my vlogs especially i fall off mountains in california and i get up and laugh about it i get myself and this is a lifelong thing i have gotten myself into pickles that i'm like i don't know how i'm going to get out of them but i got there's my ceiling again <laughs> um how i get out of them and i don't know wait a minute there i am uh and, and it's it's a lifelong thing. I just get myself into these situations where I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to survive this. And I obviously do. But what it did was it it, it created this huge tolerance uh, against fear. And I have no fear of anything. I don't fear anything. And so for me, I, and I think that there's a saying that, you know, fear and doubt has killed more dreams than failure ever has. And... Uh, for me, you know, when when my friends from Australia said, let's go to New Caledonia and find geckos, bam, I was there. I was on board. Um, and then once we got out there and realized what we had to go through to get out to the islands, and then once we actually got out to the islands, 
um, and all the really let's let's face it dangerous things that could have happened to us out on those islands um it doesn't even enter into my head i mean i'm just like zero fear go 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 um so you know i would you ever move to australia no i love australia australia has it going on um economically they've got it going on uh but their government is so draconian uh to the point where I I don't think that I could live there without going to jail. Is that um, just reptile wise? No, it's it's a lot of other things. It's a lot of other things. Uh, on the other hand, um, you know they they don't have the problems that the U.S. has. Um, they don't have um, the poverty that the U.S. has. Um, they don't have you know single mothers having to work four jobs just to buy a box of cereal. Um, you know even a janitor there makes a hundred thousand dollars an hour. Or a hundred thousand dollars an hour, a hundred thousand dollars a year. And, well, yeah, I've heard yeah. that in yeah. in Australia, yeah. it's even yeah. Rude but it's Australian money, so it adds up to about a, you know ten cents in American money. No, but seriously, their their economy is much stronger than ours is, um, and um, it's it's it's. I think that the, the 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 quality of life in Australia is better than in the United States. But for me, as a herper, there's no way that I could do that. There's no way that I could not have my ball pythons. There's no way that I could not have my bull snakes. Um, you go to, you know, the, the, the expos in Brisbane or Sydney, and it's the same thing over and over again. Carpet python morphs and uh, blue tongue morphs. Nobody, nobody really works with bearded dragons in Australia, which is weird. Um, and, um, and and then it's a bunch of other things, you know, mixed in. And, and, and there's some cool stuff there. I mean, Australia has some cool stuff. But I don't think that I could live there because of that. So, yeah, that's even when we know people who specialize in Australian pythons. It's like you love that they have all that and you can get things that we can't even get here. Yeah. But, but that's then again, it's like you have to give up everything yeah, else right. in the world. Right. That's right. Yeah. So when I was over there, most of the herpers that I talked to, you know, they wanted to know about my ball pythons and they wanted to know if I worked with corn snakes. Yeah, even yeah. a ball or a corn. Let's go yeah. over there. We'd be like yeah, yeah. super cool yeah. to bring corn snakes so, over there. Like, but it's one of those things, you know. I mean, if they could have corn snakes, they would they would have the popularity that they currently do here. You know, I mean, people are really into corn snakes or you're not into corn snakes. But over there, because they can't have them, because they can't have ball pythons, you know, they 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 really that's exotic to them. So yeah grass is greener type thing absolutely absolutely so but no i i absolutely love australia i love the people uh the people are really really just they're they're very friendly they're very open they're very um they don't have they they don't walk around like you, you you go to new york city go to houston go to minneapolis go to minot north dakota and the people walk around with this kind of inherent fear. It's it's the weirdest thing. And I only experienced this in the United States. No other country does the populace walk around with this kind of fear of the person standing next to them. And it, it, it's a it's a phenomenon that only happens in the United States. And I think that, um, well, I mean, I have theories as to why that is the evening news. But um, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. so many yeah. things popping in my head yeah. that I want to say. And I'm Here's not going to say right now. Right. You're right, you're right. You're the people that got raped and murdered in your neighborhood today. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, it, I just I love the people. I love the the climate. The cities are beautiful. Um, they're not dirty like our cities. Um, and you know, I think that Australians have a pride that is not really seen in a lot of other countries. A pride about their own country and a pride about their own accomplishments that I really don't see in a lot of other countries. So that's my spiel on Australia. I love it. So what yeah. have you, um, where have you explored in Australia? Because obviously Australia is huge. And then yeah. as far as the fauna goes, yeah, even huger as far even as huger. huger. That's a word. That's a word. Huger. And then yeah. you yeah. really got to pick where you're going. So where have you been? What have you found? And what's something that you still want to go find? Uh, just checking my battery. I'm good. Uh, you know, I have not been out of New South Wales and Queensland. And and of those two states, we've gone everywhere in those two states. Um, but I really want to go down to uh, Victoria. I want to go to Tasmania. There's some species that are on the island of Tasmania that I'd really like to see. Um, and I'd really like to get out to like, you know, the proper outback, not just the outskirts like we were uh, in, in, in Queensland. But, um, you know, the proper outback where the, um, uh, oh, my God, the thorny devils, uh, where those guys are. And we were so close to seeing them. But in the three times that I've been in Australia, I've never seen a wild crocodile. I know. Uh, even in I know, Queensland right? and all that? Even, even, yeah. Never seen a wild crocodile in Australia. And I've been there three times. So, um, I'd, I'd like to see that. But there's a lot of stuff that in Australia, it's just like, you know, you living in Texas, me living in Minnesota. Well, what are you? What's in California that you'd like to see? Well, what, also, I've never seen plants? a gray banded king snake, and I live in go. Texas. There you it's go. Up. So it's the same. It's the same principle, just applied to Australia. You know, I mean, uh, reptiles are like Pokemon. You know, you, I, I want to catch them all, and they're just. I, I I'm trying. <laughs> so I actually keep a life list of all the reptiles that I've seen all over the world, and I think that I'm at. How I'm, long I'm, is that? It's pretty long. It's a it's a spreadsheet, but I think I'm over. F I don't want to say this and, and stick my foot in my mouth, but I'm, I mean, we'll I'm, never know. You could lie. And I'm reasonably know. certain it's approaching 5000 species. Whoa. So wait, that's all a, animals, no, period. Stop, stop. That sounds way too high. Why is that in my head? <laughs> this is all animals or it just might, snakes? It might be. No, all reptiles. I think snakes, there's two so, to three thousand species identified. I believe that would be the number. I'm going to have to look because I don't want to, I don't want to, but somehow, you know, upwards towards there sounds really, really. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to go take a That's look at that. You should call sure. um, Guinness, Guinness Book of Book. World Records. No, there's many more people that have many more on their list than I do. Who? <laughs> Mike Pingleton. I don't know. I don't know why I said uh, who. I don't Matt know Page. these people. <laughs> Um, well, you yeah, haven't been to like more than I do. Borneo or Myanmar or any of that. Right, I mean, right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, as, as far as, you know, my future trips, I don't know if you were going to ask that, but I'm going to. Yeah, no, go for it. Am I stealing the <laughs> we mic? would eventually. Right? <laughs> oh, go for it. Uh, you know, I, I've got some exciting stuff lined up for the for the future of, of videos that I'm going to do. So I'm going to try to get to Europe in September to go find uh, the Viper Bursa. Uh, no, what is it called? Annie. Um, uh, the, the 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 viper that's there. I'm, I'm drawing a complete the adder brain in the UK. Yeah, the adder, the, the yeah, the it's, it it's sometimes known as the Siberian adder. It's it's the it's the one snake that's found north of the Arctic Circle, and I'm drawing a complete brain fart on the scientific name of it. Um, but I've been talking to a couple of people in Europe to actually go 
north of the Arctic Circle and find this snake. Wow. Um, and that could be happening in September. Um, I'm going back to the Middle East in September because uh, there's a lot of stuff there that I haven't seen uh, the last couple of trips that I've been there. Uh, and then I'm going down to Ecuador to go not only to the coastal side of Ecuador, but the uh, Ecuadorian Amazon. Uh, so I've done the Peruvian Amazon. Now I want to do the Ecuadorian Amazon. Um, and then you ready for it? I'm going to announce it for the first time on your show. Whoa! I'm going to Southern Minnesota to find milk snakes. It's going to rule. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think that I am. Well, I not think I am just in the initial planning stages of going to Benin to find ball pythons in the wild. Whoa! Yeah. That so very cool. That that could happen in March. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of traveling. So yeah, yeah. So, okay, wait. Yeah. I googled. Is it Viper Barris? Barris? That's it. That's it. I knew. The, I, I knew the B, but I couldn't. But I couldn't it seemed like the common name. They just call it a European adder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, you know, it depends on where it is. And, and frankly, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on that snake because I think as soon as the taxonomists get a hold of that thing, they're going to split it uh, and, and not only split it, but split it into a couple of different, you know, at least subspecies. So I just don't think that there's been any work done on that snake. So mm-hmm. like many, many snakes. Many snakes. <laughs> right. And then the video that I just uploaded today about rat snakes, I talk about how I completely disagree with the lumping of the North American rat snakes. Uh, Do you agree? Yeah. With well, the him? thing is, it's been lumped and separate. The fact that like, um, especially with corn snakes, we saw a lot of emery crosses and stuff like that because yeah. they were the same species. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then Water. I don't agree with now I'm in Texas and I can't call it a Texas rat snake. I have to call it a Western rat snake or else yeah. the Internet hates me. Well, then let so. the Internet hate you. I mean, I, I you know, there's a lot of things that that taxonomists do that I'm like, I can see that. OK, right. great. Rat snakes lumping them all into Eastern or Western. Foul. Black is different. Certainly different. Some people even right. call, um, you know, obsoleta. They call the black rat snake the same as the western rat snake, right? Or they call it the eastern, right. western, and the black. It's all mixed together. And then, when to me, those are so right. different. Well, and in, 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 take fox snakes for instance. Eastern fox snakes were found around, you know, the Detroit area of Michigan. Okay, down into Ohio. There was a little disjunct population of them. Those were the Goloidae. Those were the Easterns. Well, now the taxonomists have said that the St. Croix River and the Mississippi River that separates Minnesota and Wisconsin, that's the barrier. So all fox snakes in Minnesota are Westerns. All fox snakes on the other side of the river in Wisconsin are Easterns now. Not taking into consideration this disjunct population that has no way to interbreed with the rest of the population. And are you so assuming a lot, that a snake is not going to cross a river? And that is why I disagree with a lot of what is happening. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because most of the fox snakes that I have caught were canoeing on the St. Croix, cruising the river. And, so it's it's not a barrier. And a yellow a rat snake is, is a barrier. different than right. your eastern right. rat snake. Right, right, right. Get right. out of here with that. Right. Right, right, right. So, it's just someone you know. wants to put their name on something and publish a paper, and you know, I, 
I, I try not to, it's a difference of opinion is what it boils down to. And I don't want to discount their work. And, you know, by me disagreeing with their work, I'm not, I, I don't want to discount their work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, but it does I seem like somewhat of a power struggle between it is. certain people. It is. Yeah. it is. And I'm not a taxonomist, so I... Yeah, exactly. I, I claim that it's my opinion. I have, you know... Right. I wasn't in the lab, you know, looking at the mitochondrial DNA to see the relationship between snake A and snake B. But, you know, yeah, there it who is. Who might have talked shit really, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so there, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but as far as places that you've gone, so let's get more specific. Oh, yeah, we were talking about travel. Yeah, yeah. So definitely people have not. Not many people have been to New Caledonia. Obviously, that's a very recent one for you. So can you go over a little bit of where you went, what you found? How the hell do you even get there? In New Caledonia? Yeah. Uh, New Caledonia is very tricky. And I think the reason why a lot of people haven't gone there yet is how hard it is to get there. Um, we, I don't even know where it is. It's, <laughs> it's a three-hour flight into the Pacific off the coast of Australia. Wow. So. Okay. What what I do when I travel is I pick a main continent somewhere in the world and I use that as my base. Um, so what I and then I'll buy tickets to wherever around that area I want to go. Um, so for instance, I flew into Brisbane. So what I did was I bought a round trip ticket from Minneapolis to Brisbane, um, and you know extended that for two weeks. Well, I knew that ten of ten days within that two weeks we were going to be in New Caledonia. So if I would have bought a ticket from Minneapolis to Noumea. It would have been almost $3,000, but I bought a ticket from Minneapolis to Brisbane and it was $1,200. And then the ticket from Brisbane to Noumea was $500. Wow. So by doing it that way, you save hundreds and you can even save thousands. But then, you know, all the animals that we wanted to find, all the geckos that we wanted to find are not on the main island. They're on, you know, Isle of Pines and then the surrounding islands around the Isle of Pines. So... We had to, and there's no way for you to get a boat from, well, there is from the main island to the South Island, but you know, that's going to eat up a lot of your time to, you know, take a boat down there. So we had to fly down there. There's one airline that has two flights a day from the mainland to the smaller island. And I think it was like a hundred dollars and it was a puddle jumper with the propellers. It wasn't even a jet and, you know, it didn't even climb to more than 10,000 feet. So it's a really small plane, but then once you get to the Isle of Pines, um, you know, we didn't even know how we were getting around. So as we landed, we didn't know where we were staying. We didn't know how we were getting around. We didn't know if you could rent a car. Um, these were things that you simply can't find online when you when you prep for these trips. Um, so we rented a car and uh, we found some cheap hotel, whatever. It was actually a grass hut um, that we all slept in, uh, which was awesome. Um, but then we didn't realize that you couldn't just hire a fisherman to take you out to the islands, which was our plan. You had to get tribal permission because all of those islands are under um, the Kanak people's uh, control. So we had to go find the chief of the Kanak. And this is our first day there. We had no idea that we had to do any of this. So we went and found the chief of the Kanak, sat down with him, told him why we were there and why we wanted to go out to the islands. And he immediately thought we were poachers that wanted to go out there and steal all the rare lizards. 
And so I pulled out my phone and I showed him the YouTube channel and I said, no, I want to make videos for this channel. And he watched a couple of my videos. And when he was done, he said, you know what? I'm not only giving you permission to go out to the islands, but I'm taking you there myself. And so the chief became our tour guide and his family came along. I mean, just the greatest people ever. And so once we were on the island, then we had another problem. We had no idea where to even begin to look for lychees. We had no idea to look for, you know, where to look for the terror skinks. So, you know, we were basically flying by the seat of our pants for 10 days. We were getting no sleep. We were, you know, dehydrated. We were malnourished. Um, Everything is sharp. We were getting cut up and bleeding all over the place. Um, it was a very, very, very hard trip, but it was awesome because everything but gargoyle geckos we found that was on our list. So it was good. It was good. But it's a lot of planning and it's a lot of hard work once you get out there. So I never want to take another trip like that again, actually. Now, how wild is that place? Is that island as far as inhabited? You know, it's uninhabited. Okay. No people. No people. Yep. So we were we were sleeping on islands that probably hadn't had human beings actually sleeping on them in hundreds of years because the tribe doesn't wow. even go off. Of the sleep. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 you know, there's really no natural resources that the tribe would want to go out there for on some of these islands. Some of these islands, you know, there were people all over the place. Um, but on some of the islands that we that we selected, you know, we we had birds like literally like seabirds coming right up to us. Because they didn't know what we were. They'd never seen a human being before. Now, is it much like what people I've heard of who traveled to, you know, Indonesia and the little islands off of that or Central mm-hmm. America and little islands out there? Is it kind of like you can find different and new species of in every that, single island? That's what we were looking for. We were looking for new undescribed species. So a couple of the islands that we selected, we selected them because we read all the papers that were written on New Caledonia. And let's say that this guy, Aaron Bauer, for instance, who did a lot of work out there and wrote the book out there, he spent like maybe three hours on one island and that was it. And so we targeted those islands to try to find newer species. And did you have any success? We don't know yet. We have, we, so, we found one, we found one Bavaya lizard and the jury is still out if it's new or not. So I think if I remember in the video correctly, you found some type of gecko that wasn't previously thought to be on an island, correct? Yeah, that was the um, uh, uh, the tracky on uh, and that was on um, uh, Isle of Pines. And all that would have been as a range extension. OK, so but yeah. you think someone may be on to something with something more. Can you tell us as much Possibly. as you can tell us about it? Well, you know, I mean, it, it was only what now it's only been three months so the work is still being done the papers are still being written um i'm not writing the papers um so i i i, I really can't share a lot of what's happening with those but right you know it, it's going to be interesting but I'm, I'm eager to see what the findings are so is that something obviously you had a name for it so is it something that looks like a species that is already known well, to science it's, it's just a little it's bit in different. the Bavaya family. Uh, of geckos. Um, and if, if it's a new species, all it's going to be is probably a new subspecies of Bavaya. I don't think we discovered a new species. I think we may have discovered either a range extension or a subspecies. But, okay. you know, it's, that it's, is it's, still... it's, it's, it's awesome, but it's going to take a little time to figure out exactly what it was. Absolutely. And what's the process there? Do you have to take a specimen back with you? No, 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 no. 
it's, it's we, not we, alive, obviously, we, but we couldn't take any uh, we couldn't take the animals or any part of the animal. We couldn't take DNA samples. Um, so basically, all we could really take is photographs, and that's going to make it really difficult to figure out exactly what. And we may never figure out what it was, you know, based. Yeah. But we took measurements, photographs, you know, counted toes, counted scales, whatever we could take um, to try to figure out exactly what it was. But so it'll be interesting. Yeah. So it's so weird how you got from herpers to going to these random islands. So how the hell did you get in touch with all the right people to, you know, open up these travel plans to even get with other herpers basically to get to these islands? Well, you know what, if it wasn't for Facebook, uh, half these trips wouldn't happen. Um, Right now I'm talking to people in Europe that I would have never really talked to. Um, But because I'm going there, I'm starting to make my connections to people in Europe. And there's a few people in Europe that I talk to regularly. Um, But I'm making new friends already just off of Facebook in preparation for me going there. Um, So, yeah, without Facebook, there's there's very few other ways or without the Internet, let's just say there's very few ways that I would be able to connect with uh, with the people that I need to over there. Absolutely. So let's go into a little bit different realm as far as you went to. Israel and herped pretty yeah. much would be considered the desert, right? Yeah, yeah, it is the desert. Yeah, the negative desert. Yeah. So, yeah. what did you exactly find there? And kind of, I know you made some things <clears throat> out and stuff like that, but we hang on a second. Let me check my battery real quick. Seven percent. Yes, we're holding strong. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> so Israel, is herping Israel. So. Uh, herping Israel. Uh, I have I've been to Israel seven, eight times in my life. Um, it's absolutely nothing like you would think it is. Uh, the, the the evening news has that whole area at such a, uh, a weird like slant it's constant war. That it's constant war and it's constant warfare. And what they're showing is they they're showing a war zone in Gaza which is a war zone. You know, the the Hamas lives there. A terrorist organization controls that entire area. Of course, it's going to be a war zone. But if they would literally turn their cameras around and point it to the other direction, they would see Israelis and Palestinians going to the same schools and their kids playing in the same playgrounds and going to the same supermarkets. And, and there's peace. There's just not peace in Gaza. And because there's not peace in Gaza, that's what the international media is showing you. You know, the peace doesn't sell war sells. So, yeah, it's it's a it's so, you know, Israel reminds me of Southern California, just the vibe and how it looks and how the people are. It's it's a really great place. And um, but yeah, so I, I, I I've met some herper friends there. And let me tell you something. Israeli herpers are diehard. Like here, when you go out at night, you go out until maybe one o'clock in the morning and then there's a lull. There's a place, there's a point in the night where the animals stop moving and whatever. In the desert, at one o'clock in the morning, I'm exhausted. I've got jet lag. We go back to the cars and I'm like, oh, good. We're going to go find a hotel. I can get some sleep. No, we went back to the cars to slam Red Bull so we could get back out into the <laughs> into the desert. And we wound up sleeping on sand dunes and watching the sunrise because we were herping all night long. And active herping like you know uh chameleons there's two chameleon species in southern israel 
Really? And they, they're diurnal. And at night, they literally are sleeping in the bushes. So you just walk up and pick up a chameleon. And they, they and what's funny is half of them don't even realize that you picked them up. They're still sleeping in your hand. Um, so it, it's it's there's not a lot of, of 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 reptiles there as far as species are concerned. And, and you'd think that there was, but there is a lot of what is there. So in one given night, um, I don't know if you know you know what a royal diadem snake is. It's like a rat snake. Um, oh yeah, I know what you're talking. About. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would find twelve of those in one night. Um, we would find um, serastes and and all of these things that that uh, you know you don't really see for some reason. The dog just ran in here like his ass was on fire. I wonder what that was all about. Um, but um, yeah, I mean it, it has a lot of diversity there, and I and I just I love it. There's two species of Euromastics that live there, mm-hmm. um, and it's where you know Israel is is a land bridge between Europe and, and Africa, so all the species. You know, all the European species and the African species meet right there on that landmass. So, um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go back in September. Actually, I've got some unfinished business there. And now I don't, I don't know anything about uh, vipers or venomous, but yeah. there's desert horned vipers there. Is that what? Desert there? horned vipers. There's the little uh, Serastes. Uh, uh, I'm drawing a brain fart on these guys too. They're the little um, vipera. Anyway, uh, I, I made a video. Out, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then there's Serastes, Serastes. There's saw scale vipers. Uh, the only one that we saw was a roadkill at 4 a.m. in the middle of the desert on the Jordanian border. At 4 a.m. in the desert, there should be no other cars. And the only other car was the one that hit him crossing the road in front of us. That's my unfinished business. I have to go back to get my saw scale. So, uh, and then Montpelier snakes up in the north. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of herbs there that I haven't found on my last trips that I got to go back for. Mm -hmm. Now, do you, obviously you travel all around the United States as well. Um, so is that like just normal business as usual for you or do you plan out? Cause obviously going to new Caledonia is very different, but you seem to be in different States like every week. So that, uh, that's I, still travel I, to us. Am, yeah. And it doesn't um, seem like travel to you. It's the same mechanics of planning, but it's not as intensive. So new Caledonia took us six solid months of planning. Uh, Africa will take us about that long. Uh, so we'll start thinking about Africa in September. Um, but you know, when I go to Florida next month, it's just basically, you know, like for instance, I just put out a thing on Facebook. I want to do another bearded dragon episode. So, you know, I put the call out there, a bunch of people came back. I just scheduled one today. So, you know, it's, it's the same mechanics of, you know, figuring out your car rental, your airline, where you're going to stay, how you're going to save money, um, who you're going to film, when you're going to film them, what are you going to do in your downtime to, you know, maximize that. So. Yeah. And are you just but staying? It's going to be old hat, actually. People's but couches? A lot. Of, yeah. Yeah. I, I will. I will crash on, you know, I have friends all over the country. So yeah, a lot of couch surfing. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Like we randomly go, yeah. like we go to weddings or something and we'll stay with a reptile keeper of some sort. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, like there's, we do it all the time. We did no, it No, but we were able to do it. Uh, <laughs> we were able to do it, but we there's a, everywhere. There, there's a fraternity and a sorority amongst reptile keepers that I don't <laughs> think bird people's, you know, experience. I don't think horse people, maybe they do. I don't know. I'm not a horse person, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. We should do a phone percentage check. <laughs> we should do a what? 
A phone Mom percentage says he... check. Where are you at? Seven percent. Yes. Oh, so we're safe. still there. Okay. You know I'm what? Like... It's it's not decreasing and it's holding. So I think we're going to be all right. Cool. All right, sweet. Cool. Um. Okay. Earlier, someone asked, and I feel like we haven't been answering the chat's the questions. Chat. So yeah. I want to ask this. Um. Brian Gundy said, "My wife and I are going to Costa Rica soon. Where would you suggest? Where would you suggest? I can't. Say we go word. to add some adventure to our trip." Uh, the uh, Costa Rican Amphibian Research Center in in Saguaris. Uh, it's actually started by a Minnesotan named Brian, and uh, he bought a plot of land with the intent to make a refuge for uh, really endangered uh, frogs in Costa Rica. And he's got a guest house that you can rent, uh, and uh, for whatever kind of fee, he'll take you out and show you all the frogs. So I would strongly suggest that one, Brian. And then moving, I guess we'll stay somewhere in Central America. Or, um, so the Amazon. So you've been to the Amazon, correct? You were to the Peruvian part. Peruvian Amazon, yeah. So did you see? Um, did you see Brazilian? Well, they wouldn't be Brazilian, but did you see rainbow boas there? Yeah, we saw about four or five of them. And other, yeah. you see Corallus and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Corallus are just everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but they're common. We saw we saw a bunch of them, um, but um, you know it, it, the the thing about that is, you know, like let's say somebody goes to Texas and um, you know are, are sick and tired of seeing checkered garters, or they're sick and tired of seeing flat earth snakes, or whatever, whatever the common stuff in Texas that the herpers in Texas are like, eh. When you go to a place like the Amazon, all of that common stuff that's everywhere is new to you. So, I mean, even the common stuff that probably Peruvian herpers are like, oh, there's another so-and-so. We spent an hour photographing because it was so awesome to us. Fucking eyelash vipers again. <sighs> My nemesis. Uh, the three times that I've been to Costa Rica, I've never seen them in the wild. No way. Really? The most, I've heard the that they're common, so plentiful. One of the most common vipers I have missed all three times I've been there. That's four crazy. Times. <laughs> four times or three times? I don't remember. Either three or four times. Mm -hmm. now do you do you have plans to go back there yeah because uh my friend who i was in new caledonia with owns a reptile zoo in um san jose quetzal um and so i will probably go down and visit him and do some herping with him film some episodes at his zoo ray morgan is down there from venom interviews i've never met him yet uh so we'll probably stop by his place um and then um uh probably hop pop on down to ecuador after that because mm -hmm. the other researcher that was with us in New Caledonia is from Ecuador. It seems like when Americans want to escape the U.S., they take root in, as far as herpers go, in Costa Rica. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, is that just you the know, most travel-friendly, like American-friendly Absolutely. Place? Absolutely. I would not want to go to El Salvador. I would, you know, Nicaragua, yeah, I'd go there. But, you know, Panama, I'd go there. But I think for the average person, probably not. Just take a few bribes? I do what you got to do. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm not, uh, I, I, I do my research as to what I would have to do to navigate around, but I, I certainly wouldn't do it by myself. Um, well, I have to say, I've been trying to say for a second, but you sorry, keep talking. Sorry, Ray Morgan, we had him on the podcast, Shameless Plug, and yeah, yeah. he's a really cool person. And yeah. it's nice. I feel like before you, he was like our real like step into international 
herping and stuff. Would you like agree? people who travel or who see? Yeah, yeah, right. Like he was our yeah. first person who kind of did that, and now you know, right. you kind of right. shit on him with your travel. Whoa. Not shit on him, but I'm, or you top him. That's the right correct. <laughs> but it's funny how yeah, you. I don't want to say. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. That was not the right sentence at no, all. Yeah. I'm just saying you top him with your. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> but he seems to be after a similar thing that you are because obviously yeah. he made a film. The film, and, and yeah, I'm looking really forward to meeting him and grabbing a beer with him and just, you know, talking shop. So hopefully I can connect with him when I get down to Costa Rica. And speaking about travel again, is there any place you never want to go again? Coast, uh, New Caledonia. Okay, that, uh, yeah. you did say you don't want to do that. Okay, never yep. mind. I, I, it, it was it, what happened was is that the trip was great up until we got to the airport in Umea, uh, and the authorities pulled us aside, uh, essentially strip searched us, went through all of our luggage, treated us like criminals because we were out on the islands, um, and we were Westerners that were out on the islands, and so therefore we were treated like poachers. Um, and if they would have come to us and said, you know, I know that you guys were out on the islands, not accusing you of anything. We just need to check. I would have sat there and said, please, how can I help you check my stuff to know that we're not poaching? But no, they came at us like we were criminals and they treated us like criminals. Um, and, and that really set us all off. And then once we, you know, we took a couple of extra days in Noumea and I'm sorry, the people there are just not the friendliest uh and they're not the most helpful and they're they're just I, I really left that country with a really sour taste in my mouth um and it was all about the people we get away from the people and it's the best trip i've ever had um and i'm talking about the people of european descent i'm not talking about you know the the, the native peoples the indigenous peoples they were the friendliest people i've ever met on the planet see that's but what i would think would right. be the opposite Nope, not at all. Not at all. And well, it's, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into too much political stuff, but um, yeah, the, the, the people of New Caledonia, the Westerners that have basically squatted on that island and called it their own, they're just not the nicest people in the world. And, and, and we really left there with a sour taste. And when we got back to Brisbane, we were like, I have no desire to ever go back to that country again. But you did what you had to do while you were there. So Well, but then, you know, the other side of the coin is the only reason I'd ever go back is to find the gargoyle gecko, which is found on the main island. But that main island is destroyed. I mean, mm. the, the French have gone in there and literally strip mined the entire island for all the nickel. And so the gargoyle gecko's habitat is almost gone. Uh, but the New Caledonians have very strict laws that protect their native wildlife. Really? So you just did a strip mine and destroyed this entire mountainside for the nickel? That's good conservation there, people. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, money yeah. talks. Been, yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, so New Caledonia would be the place that I've been there, found what I wanted to find, have the memories, but onward to bigger and better things. Now, it doesn't seem like you... Go ahead. Thank Sorry. you. When I do the finger thing, that means I have a question. Right, That's how you, is that how you got a bloody nose? You were sticking your finger up your nose? Is that no. what your cue was? No, to... we have no, a... She punches me on the leg. You I stick my finger <laughs> to let him know I have a question. He well, needs to stop talking. He ignores it. <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't even a question. I need to retract my statement because I said Ray Morgan was our first person who travels, but no, we had Ari on. 
Oh yeah, he goes and to West Papua. So. Really travels. Yeah, yeah. And your story about like having to find the chief and everything made me think is about very similar, similar to, to what Ari. he has to do in Absolutely. West Papua. Absolutely. I mean, these these are places where I'm not going to say they're going to kill you if you're found out on the islands, but the potential is there for that. If you're in these, if you're on these, you know, uh, uh, on these tribal lands without permission, you can get into some serious trouble. And I'm not talking, oh, we're calling the police type of trouble. Right. Um, so well, yeah, those are the, yeah, those are the countries that don't mind, right? You know, those, death those penalty the, or whatever. Right. Those are the types of thing where your family calls the airline and asks if you were on the return flight. Yeah. Yeah. Can't touch yeah. the embassy. We haven't seen <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a couple yeah. of weeks. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but as far well, as um have you made it out to we talked a little bit about like the Indonesian islands or where are you with like no. Papua and those islands off of there? No, I've do been you have to any Thailand. Desire? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh Komodo, of course. Um, but you know, this is what I've heard about Komodo, and it is not deterring me from wanting to go there. But once you've seen the dragons, the island is boring and then you're stuck out there. So I've heard that from a couple of people because the dragons are literally everywhere. I mean, and, and, and as it is, you know, the first couple of dragons, I'm going to burn four hours of footage. The fifth dragon I see, I'm going to be like, oh, there's a dragon. And then I'm out on the island and, you know, yeah, I'll go look for the spitting cobras out there. I'll go look for the, um, you know, the turquoise vipers that are there. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a national park and they don't let you off the trails. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd like to go there, but it's not really high on my list to go there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Indonesia and, and, and even in the Philippines, I'd love to go there. I'd love to go to Borneo. So we'll just see how it all plays out. Since you travel so much for like harping and making videos and stuff, do you have time just to travel for funsies? You know, as a matter of fact, I was just talking to my girlfriend about that. And, you know, I, I don't. I don't travel for fun. I travel for work, but I love what I do. So it is fun. I mean, I I, I, I work very hard and I work very long hours, but I never work, you know. Um, but, yeah, we were, we were actually talking about taking a trip that had nothing to do with reptiles. Um, she wanted to go down to Aruba. And the first thing I thought of was, a video on Aruba Island rattlesnake. So I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about. Attacked so, by a sea turtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were, we were talking about it, you know. And, and yes, we will be taking a trip that has nothing to do with work. Um, but Can you it, shut your brain off? Yeah, that's I, what I was wondering. I will not be able to. I will be looking under every little bark of every little pine tree. You know, maybe not flipping them to see what's under them, but every knoll that I see run around or whatever. You know, yeah, of course I'm going to do it. But... So, but no, I, I, I very rarely, uh, the only time that I ever travel that's not reptile related is to go to Canada fishing. Huh. But you're so. still kind of getting out there. <laughs> but you know what? And, and, and I still filmed turtles up there. The, the, you know, the, the turtle breathing out the butt video, you know, I filmed, I, I filmed a portion of that up in Canada cause I was at the most northerly range of turtles in North America. So I wanted to talk about, you know, cloacal respiration up there in those climates. But so yeah, so even there, stop. I didn't you get away from it. You can't turn off. You just can't turn off. I cannot turn it off. I cannot. Yeah, that's rough. Even him and yeah. I argue. We're, 
future possible honeymoons he wants to go somewhere so he can freaking find snakes and stuff i'm like no that's not gonna be a honeymoon for you to go herping (laughs) 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 that's not how it works (laughs) he's literally or like we're walking up the stairs to our apartment he's always looking for these geckos like literally and like what are you gonna do with them find one oh down there in texas excited yeah he's He's just always looking every I'm like, what? You're yeah. not gonna do anything with them. Why do you always looking? It just drives me crazy. <laughs> you're just, just looking to look. Well, the thing yeah. is, like, it, yeah, you just want to. I don't know. I don't know if it was your goal, but I want to do everything that I can to do everything that I want to do. Like, all I want to do is a means to the end that ends with me playing with snakes. So whatever yeah. that means is, I'm willing to do it. So, like for me. And you, it may be similar because I like, I'm freelance video editor. Yeah, yeah. Do some corporate videos. And it's like, that is a means just for me to do this. And it's like, I don't know if you feel the same way. Cause like, yeah, no, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. You, all you're doing is stuff to lead you to the next snake thing. I don't know. Right. right. I don't want to speak for there, you. There is but. something to be said about. You know, I'm I'm obviously reptile crazy. I eat, sleep, and you know, think about reptiles all the time, and in you know what I want to find and what I want to breed and whatever. But there is, you know, getting away from that for a little bit, I think might actually kickstart my love of that when I get back to it. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. That's uh, just me. what it, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But. Uh, the the good thing about that, or that the maybe the hard thing about that, is we live on a planet where reptiles are literally everywhere, <laughs> and you and you just you can't go somewhere that doesn't have reptiles unless there's you're going no to look distance. at wild penguins, you know. <laughs> there's no, there's and no it's also one of those things where if they're there, you don't find them immediately. It's right. like you have to work. Dude, they could be everywhere. Like yeah, I'm sure, yeah. and I could tell yeah. her like I swear they're everywhere. We just haven't yeah. found them yet. Yeah. And, you could look for them forever. Okay, so you we're looking for them. We have some more questions from the chat. Our friend Evan asks if you ever go looking for green trees. Green tree pythons? So you would have to, yeah, yes. land in Indonesia. Or... Uh, we did in Australia. Uh, we went sure. we went up to the top of Cape York Peninsula to uh, find the Australian ones. However, when we were up there, there was uh, we flew into Cairns and rented a car and drove up to this spot. Uh, and they had a flood which covered the road and we couldn't get past it. So we went all the way and got right up to the place and couldn't get into it. So, so what, no, did not find them. But you seen uh, in Australia? Yeah, as Australia. far as snakes go. Yeah. But I've never been to New Guinea to find the others. Mm-hmm. Have you found, I mean, you found carpet pythons, diamonds, and all that? Yeah. Carpet pythons over there are extremely common. They're like rat snakes over here. Mm-hmm. Have you ever just wanted to take one? <laughs> yes. Just, yes. Like <laughs> it's just right there. You just want to take it. Like, <laughs> yep. yep. My, my trip in 12, my, the first time I was in Australia, it was the first albino carpets that I had ever seen. There were still 10 grand over here. And yes, and they were $200 over there. God. And absolutely, I stopped and I thought about shoving those down my pants and getting on a plane. Right? Yep. Yep. But I am very thankful every day that I, that, 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 
a little wisdom sunk in before I actually did that. <laughs> it's just yeah. so tempting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I probably would still be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you lead to not having, you know, keeping Australian pythons at home? Right, I'd be so tempted to do that too. Well, you know, I, I would like to get into blue tongues one of these days. But again, I travel so much I can't really have anything that Those misses me on a day-to-day basis. So, mm-hmm. And I've got caretakers when I do travel that come in and take care of all my snakes. But, you know, it's it's one thing to take care of snakes. It's another thing to uh, go put, you know, dog food in this food and whatever on this plate and feed it to, you know, I can't really ask them to, to really do all that for me. So, you know, the traveling really hinders what I actually want to keep. But, um, but I've kept carpet pythons before. I've bred carpet pythons before. Um, but again, you know, Australian species, they only excite me by finding them in the wild. You know, keeping them in in my in my family here, not so much, except for blueies. Well, so, there's yeah. something that you just did that my like third grade self would just melt to the ground. You went to What's the that? Australia Zoo. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. My third trip over to Australia. That was my dream for basically yeah. my whole life <laughs> yeah. until I became yeah. an adult and realized that I would rather go in the wilds of Australia. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, you know, the zoo was not what I expected, frankly. I expected a zoo for like negative San Diego. or positive. Uh, not really even negative or positive. It just I expected with the reputation that that zoo had that it was going to be like the San Diego Zoo, and it, and it wasn't at all. It, and, and I expected it to be much bigger than it was, and it's actually kind of a smaller zoo. So, um, and you know, I mean, the whole zoo is a shrine to Steve Irwin, which as well it should be. Um, but um, no, it was it was really cool. It was a really cool zoo. Uh, it was the only zoo that. You know, I, 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 I've been to so many zoos, I can't remember it. I'm sure there was another one. But, you know, you could actually walk in and pet the kangaroos. Um, and uh, you can pet the wallabies and whatever. You're in the cages with them. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, but I think the coolest thing was finding my life for green tree snake on the grounds of the zoo. So Just hanging out and that's in the And that's in the vlog, too. So, <laughs> But, you know, it was it was really cool that we were there. We planned to be there the whole day. I think it took us three hours to see everything. Wow. Maybe three or four hours. Yeah. So we it, it was a much smaller zoo than I actually expected it to be. I expected it to be like, you know, San Diego Zoo, which it's it's really not. Now that's around Brisbane? Uh yeah, north of Brisbane, about maybe oh, I bet it's about an hour north of Brisbane. All right, so I don't yeah. have to go there now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, no, go. It. Go for the experience. Straight to the Gold because, Coast. You know, just for me, I had a I had a an expectation. That that didn't you know match up with reality. So, yeah, I mean that happened. I I don't know if you feel the same, but when I go to a zoo, it's like we're used to touching the snakes and messing yeah, with yeah. The snakes. So yeah, I just want to get in there and touch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they yeah. do they have a lot of American or worldly species? Non Australian, yeah, non Australian stuff. Um, they did actually. They had a corn snake and they had a ball python and an American alligator. Um, they had raccoons and red foxes, um, on display as if we would have, you know, painted squirrels in our zoo from, you know, this weird, a raccoon in a zoo. Yeah. That seems yeah. so silly yeah. to me. And I was, yeah, I was like looking at it and all the Australians were like, Ooh, look at that. And I was like, yeah, one of those took a dump behind my dumpster. The yeah. Other day. Like it, you know? it ate my trash. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just chased a fox away from my garbage can. Yeah. Okay. But to them it's exotic. So it's kind of cool. 
That's so weird. Yeah. And is it as um like the invasive species and everything, whether it's cats, whether it is the uh Toad. toads yeah the marine toad yeah yeah is it as terrible as everyone says it is with the marine toads it is yeah mm-hmm. and then rabbits rabbits out in the outback is really bad um but um no the, the the toad problem can be cured overnight and instead they are now introducing toads to places where there are no toads in the hopes that the Native animals will gain some sort of uh, immunity to the toads, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Well, so they're, isn't that they're how not the problem started, to, pretty much? Well, yeah, exactly. But they're trying to, you know, take this invasive species and introduce it into an ecosystem that has never had this very poisonous toad and expect that in, what, a generation that the native wildlife is going to build up an immunity to the toads doesn't work that way. So evolution takes part on a very different time scale than right. humans do. That's right. Um, evolution that's doesn't right. happen. That's right. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of controversy about that move, but if they would put a 50 cent bounty per toad or a dollar a pound, uh, those toads would be off that continent tomorrow. It seems like Australia in some parts is the same as like the American South. Whereas like people are down to kill shit and get shit done. Uh right. yeah. Yeah. There's there's parts of it, sure. But like they would be they would be hunting those toads all day and night. They would be well, hunting, I mean, hunting them toads. toads. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they, they 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 make a big thing out of the kangaroo call. You know, they they, they go out there with high powered sniper rifles and They kill know, kangaroos? Oh, by the by the by the tens of thousands. <gasps> what? Absolutely. Absolutely. Otherwise, that herd is going to be out of control. Just think about deer here. We got to kill deer. It's the, it's the same situation with our white-tailed deer. Oh. Yeah. And then yeah. also, I mean, there's wild uh, water buffaloes, right? There's invasive water buffaloes. And- there are, but they're not really they're not really an issue. You know, all they do is lumber around and poop on streets, you know. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah. But there's a lot of fun, I guess, if you've got a gun and, and motivation. Well... I don't. I think you need a much stronger gun for a water buffalo than you do for a kangaroo. <laughs> Not the same one. Maybe you need a couple. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know. Someone asked in the chat if you've ever been to the reptile house in Al- Alice Springs, Australia. Australia. Is that? I, I wonder if they're talking about the. Um, oh, in Alice Springs? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. That's where uh, sure that's in the middle of the country about. where Ayers Rock is. No, I haven't been there. Is Alice Springs? I wonder if that's that place where they would go to find water pythons and. Uh, no, uh, that's so. Alice Springs is right dead center in the middle of the country. It's right in the middle of the outback, where no one goes. Right. Uh, tourists go there for Ayers Rock, and I mean, there's really cool. You know, there's pine cone skinks out there. There's you know, uh, but that's the hardest um, area of the country to go to. Correct. No, you can fly in. Okay. You can fly to Alice Springs, yeah. Um, but the pythons are further north than that. And there's pythons out there, but um, most of them seem, most of the pythons seem to be in the northern part of the country, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite. The northern part of their country is the warmest. Southern part of our country is the warmest. And now there's, I've heard the, um, the roads and stuff like that and cars yeah. that you rent and there's issues with 
how far you're going out or restrictions on where you can go. Um, There's a lot of restrictions about driving in the outback. Mm. Yeah. And that's just because they wouldn't be able to get you back. Or... Yeah. Well, no, that's because of the kangaroos. Um, so it, it's it, if unless you have special kangaroo insurance, you cannot take a rental car into the outback. Stop. Um, Stop. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> there is special kangaroo insurance. It's 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 collision. Yep, it's collision insurance that you need to have on your rental car. They will not let you drive in the outback because you are guaranteed, and I mean guaranteed to hit to one. hit a king to hit a kangaroo out in the outback. Guaranteed. We hit two of them and demolished our rental car. Wow. Yep. Were yep. you in a kangaroo insurance zone? Or no, no, we were not. We did not know about the insurance. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. nuts. Hit two of them. Well, I my, some of my older vlogs from last year. Uh, you know, go go back and look at my vlogs, and you'll see we hit a kangaroo. I think that might have been the first one that we hit, but then we hit another one, and I mean, just <laughs> absolutely messed up the car. You're driving like a Honda Civic or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. What's funny is when we when we returned the car, we were honest and we said, "Well, we hit two kangaroos, but we got the added insurance." She says, "No, no, no, no. You need the special, you know, kangaroo insurance." And I said, "Well, what happens if we don't have that?" She goes, "You owe us a new car." Uh-huh. And I said, "And I said, well, what is the what is the insurance that we do have cover?" She goes, "Oh, if you hit a tree, if you hit, we hit a tree." <laughs> so they yeah, wrote on let's the paper. change let's right. change it. They wrote on the paperwork that we hit a tree. <laughs> yeah. That is wild. Yeah. So anyway, Australia stories. So what have you found more specifically, I guess, um, as far as carp is go- Have you found like things like an olive python or a water python or liasis or morelia? What have you found besides um, I mean, diamonds a little bit? But found... Um, a nine foot scrub python my first trip out there um i'm gonna have to look at my notes uh spotted pythons maclots pythons uh children's pythons um boy uh jungle carpets and of course coastal carpets uh black-headed pythons um yeah list goes on but i mean pythons are common out there Mm. I mean, they're just really common snakes. All the stuff so, you want. <laughs> right, <found>. right, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, uh, so what are blackhead python? I don't even know what they go for anymore. What are they like? Oh, still over a thousand. Still over a thousand. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's say they're $2,000, 2,500 bucks. Okay. So we saw eight road kills Whoa. in just one little stretch of road. So there's like what? Ten fifteen thousand dollars worth of roadkill on the road. Is it the the western form or the eastern form? The way it was the western. Okay, yeah, that's the one I want. Or was yeah, it I'd be putting. Well, again, I'd be to, putting I'm that in my purse. My that would, that would be going like I, if I I yeah. don't know how I turn that down. Well, I yeah, don't want to. Or else you're in uh, jail. <laughs> God, that's crazy. Fifteen thousand dollars worth of roadkill over here. Yeah, yeah. We're just driving over it. But then again, yeah. if someone from Australia comes over here, they're like, "Holy shit!" There's a there's, Texas rat snake or something. Yeah, that's right. someone drove. Over. That's right, or a corn snake. They go to the Everglades and see a roadkill corn snake. They're going to feel the same way I did seeing a black-headed python dead. Mm-hmm. So, so what's your yeah. favorite native snake that you've found so far? Or something that's elusive and you kind of just liked finding Jeez, it? That's a really good question. 
I would have to think about that for a long time because nothing really, there's a lot of things that jump out. Um, but, um, you know, finding my first timber, for instance, um, there's something about a rattlesnake in the wild, no matter what it is. Yeah. You know, after this interview is over, I'll think about, Oh, I should have said this one, but I, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Um, you know, I would think it would, you know, maybe my first corn snake in the wild, just because I had worked with those for, you know, two decades. And that was the first one that I saw in the wild. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, every snake that I see in the wild, that's a lifer is an awesome find. So nothing really jumps out as like, Oh my God. And then we found this and it was awesome, you know? So yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't answer your question very well, but that's all right. Well, I found a, a corn snake in the wild. Which are really I know that'd be cool. When we moved to so Pennsylvania, that. I think I want to go to the Pine Barrens, and I'd love to find that's one I, place the, that I want to herp. the The triple threat. What is it? The pine, the corn, or the the yeah, pine the snake, the corn snake, and, and the coastal milk snake. There Who's ever do, have, is that? Do people do that often? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure, but there's a lot of other cool stuff in the, you know, it all depends on what you're looking for. I mean, I don't know if I got that trifecta right. There could be somebody from New Jersey watching this going, that's not the trifecta. Or it was like Eastern no. milks or whatever. Right, 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 right. Right. Or black so, rats. That's, that's for you. I mean, black rats, yeah, exactly. Three different types exactly. of snakes in one herping period. Yeah, we are herping. Well, we're lucky enough so to have lame. the copperhead down here, though. Yeah, we found cool. that and a garter favorite. snake. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've had very crappy herping luck. But nah, we do all right. All we found is copperheads and a garter snake. That's crappy. Yeah, I'll take that. Oh, there's my ceiling again. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so as our last question, I have a curveball for you. Curveball. That one of our uh, dedicated fans has kind of made this our tradition. He won't give it up, so I'm just going to ask it. But you better answer it right, or else there's going to be flack to be had. <laughs> yeah, except- all right, all right. Hang on, let me get my phone straight. Okay, let, let me have it. <laughs> What is your favorite pizza topping? <laughs> you guys are gonna think I'm so boring. Oh no. Okay, good. That's no, good. I like boring. I... Pepperoni. Thank you. Thank you, everyone else. Get out of here. You take pepperoni or nothing. Fold the pizza, eat it like a normal person. Uh, but I am I am starting to like uh, pineapple and ham. Ugh, no, you're not. You ruined out. it. Take it back. Oh, take it back. So good. Take it back. So good. Anchovies, pineapples, mushrooms, wrong answers. <laughs> Except only. Brandon Fowler agrees with you. Brandon loves his pineapple. Which... <laughs> He's from California. That's a West Coast pizza, I guess. You think? Well, Brandon and I will go get uh, ham and pineapple pizza next time I'm out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but okay. I wish I could thank you a million times over for dealing My pleasure. with this episode. My pleasure. You know, through the technical difficulties and the bloody noses that that is weird. No, it was this fun. It was fun. And then my phone died. Far, by far the weirdest podcast episode. Our apartment's on an Indian podcast burial ground, episode. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So my pleasure, guys. And if people want to get in touch with you or find you wherever, where can they find you? YouTube, Dave Kaufman's Reptile Adventures. Just go to YouTube and search in Dave Kaufman, D-A-V. Kaufman with a little thing. Wow. They don't even. They don't you even need that? to make the long a accent anymore. Yeah. Well, on, that, YouTube, on YouTube search, I don't know what it's called. I've been spelling my name that literally all my life. I, I started when I was like in second grade or something like that. 
So, and I, if I see my name spelled D A V E, my brain won't recognize that they're talking about me. And do you? Wow. Yeah. Oh. Well, I've just been spelling hate? it that way all my life. What people like, people yeah. call you Dav, don't they? Uh, only my friends making fun of me. But the problem is, is that other people hear them call me that and think that's how you pronounce it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So it's become kind of an epidemic, oh, God. <laughs> but Dave, it is we'll, Dave. We will yes. make it sure. Everyone knows it is Dave. Dave. Awesome. Awesome. But All right, yeah. guys, it's dinner time Thank for me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Pleasure well, to be on guys. Portcitypythons.com oh, for us. Yes. That's pretty much it. Portcitypythons. If you guys Instagram, are still Facebook. here, like... You're amazing, cuz. Bye. Later. See ya.